Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I am your host, David, and I'm joined with today. Guys. How's it going over there, G? Uh, it's going great, except uh, every time we've done this, I've said that it's like a sunny, beautiful day. Are you, are you, are you going to give us some good news and tell us that it's raining over there today? It's rained the last two days. I love it. I can't. I am. We don't know what to do with ourselves. I'm so happy. So, <laughs> well, I know it. I, I think you guys should just like seek refuge at the lighthouse. So today, so on today on today's episode, we're going to look at Guardians of the Galaxy, and our and I know you've been looking forward to this. Our top ten guilty pleasure films. Yep. I expect a lot of teen movies. I expect. Gonna, like laugh and make fun of <laughs> Oh, you can laugh at mine. Mine are probably just as bad as yours. So I mean, I expect Sarah Michelle Geller to make your list in one. All, like, all up in there. Yeah, I, f- I figured. I totally figured. But before we get started on that, we have some breaking news that you, you wanted to share with everybody about a certain show we discussed a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, they have officially uh, given the go for the second season of 13 Reasons Why. So there was like a bunch of talks about it. Uh, I think last week or week before about it was in process or they were thinking of doing it. And now they are officially going to do it. How do you feel about that? Are you excited? I'm very excited about it. <laughs> I can't wait to see more. Even like, though I actually I brought this up the last time we talked about it, I do want to see more. But I also have that feeling of like when something is like what I thought was really good, maybe it should just be like this kind of one-off thing and like let it stand by itself as like you know a really good thing on its own and doesn't really need to tell you anything anything more. So I'm kind of have mixed feelings in that regard. But I'm also curious to see where they go. You know what I was thinking? I think I'll be less nervous this time around because, you know, like I wasn't as into it as you were, but I, you know, the big controversy was this girl kills herself on screen. I don't think that's ever been like a teenager ever killed herself on screen like that before. I don't recall that ever happening. At least this season, I don't think we're going to see anything like that. But you know what I was thinking? Seeing how season one ended, I think we talked about it a few episodes ago. It wouldn't shock me if this season that they do concentrates on school shootings. Oh, yeah. that Actually, I can see. Like, just doing, like, the beginning of the season opens with, like, what happens at the end. Like, kind of like season one with the whole high school shooting and that kid. I forgot his name. The one that was stalking. uh, What's her name? Hannah? Hannah, yeah. Yeah, the one that was stalking Hannah. He has a mass school shooting at the end of the season. And that's what, like, this season concentrates on mad dark <laughs> i mean they already went dark they might as well stay dark so i mean i i can't see where else they would go instead of like instead of touching on that because it seems like that's where the cliffhanger ended on yeah. at the end of season one and then the kid that either shot himself or got shot i don't know we'll we will see what happens i had a friend that watched it for the first time last week and, and she was like all over the place like she was texting me like First, she was entertained by it. Like, the first few episodes, like, she was, like, wrapped up in how, like, she thought it was, like, well executed and, like, you know, it kept her watching more. And then certain things, certain episodes happened. And then she was almost, she felt bad for being entertained by it when certain things happened in the show, like the, the rape and then, like, the depiction of the actual suicide. Like, she yeah. had really mixed feelings after it was all done. It's funny. Um, we, it's hard to recommend that show. Someone, had asked me would I let her, you know, would they be able to let their, like, teenager watch it? Like a 13, 14, 15-year-old? But it's like, 
I, I don't know what to say. Like, it's hard. You have to have, like, a really mature person, teenager, already to be watching yeah. a show like that. Because, you know, if you're, some people might take it as, like you said before, like, the big controversy was glorification of suicide. Right. And then, like, might trigger certain feelings as, like, an easy way out when that isn't the case. So that's, like, in terms of any recommendations, to, if for parents, I would say parents should watch the show before letting their kids watch it. And then take it from there, and you know, make the decision on their own because it's it's not an I, easy I thing. Can, like watch it with them too. I mean, I oh, that's a good idea too. They could watch like, it with I, them. I, the way I looked, I mean, I'm, I'm different, I guess. But the way I looked at it, I didn't really, I don't really see some of those criticisms at all. And I, I guess I can understand where people are coming from, but you know, I'm always even when I was younger was able to separate, you know, fact and fiction. Like I yeah, same here. Show and not anything to be done in real life now i can see now i've gone on twitter and like looked at like certain people's tweets about the show and i there are some people that watch that and like you kind of in the back of your mind are like you would probably copy that maybe like you're really too into it so i guess it just depends on the person depends on the kid you know i but i would i kind of recommend if parents were concerned like either watch it before they let them watch it or actually just watch it with them. Well, that's and true. You can have the conversation after each one's done instead of, you know, you know, if you talk about it, you kind of talk out how they're feeling after watching it, then that might help too. Yeah, that I'm with you on that. I mean, either either way works, I think, especially yeah. with such such a serious topic like that. Well, moving on to a lighter thing, a lighter note. Going back to last week, I definitely, me and Gaius have a little agreement. He's never seen Breaking Bad, and I've been so iffy on Bates Motel for the last like five years that I said to myself, let's give this one more shot. And getting through the first season is a chore because that's the only season I had seen up to this point. And outside of like certain episodes dealing with um, like the shower scene and things like that. However, I must say season two and three are really good. So I must, I will give you credit where credit is due. You were right on this show. You were absolutely right. Like being right is awesome. I mean, I who doesn't love being right on that? <laughs> uh, I'm def I personally have never had a transition of like not liking to liking a show because I usually give shows one season, and Bates Motel first season didn't do anything for me. So the fact that season two is so different for me in terms of writing and execution opposed to season one, and I'm 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 pretty much done with season three, and I can't I can say I genuinely enjoy the show it's really good and freddie and freddie highmore that's his name yeah and vera are phenomenal on that show it's crazy that she only got like for that entire run she got one emmy nomination and he, he's never been nominated for like any of the major awards either and i will and i will say this um you haven't seen breaking bad but there is a character on breaking bad i'm not going to say who because you haven't seen it yet that reminds me of a lot of Dylan, in terms of like, it seems like nothing ever goes his way on that show, from what I've seen so far. <laughs> yeah, like it seems every every bad news is directed in, at Dylan in some way or form. So when you see Breaking Bad, you'll see what I mean. But uh, kudos to you for that show. I I can't wait to finish it off and see how you know how everything falls into place at the end. And so. I will also start watching Breaking Bad because she watched Baseball Hotel. I will start watching Breaking Bad. And I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. I You would only have 14 more episodes, I think. 12 right. to 14, because I think it finishes off with either 62 
or 64, something along those lines. So you, you really won't have too bad of an issue. I don't want to come on and like just live right through the show. You can't do I that. Can watch <laughs> Especially not after today where I give you full credit on that. In fact, I want to, like, I want to hate on every show that everyone loves. Like, oh, I hate Game of Thrones. Hate the Walking Dead. <laughs> that could. Oh, I I hate the Walking Dead, and I'll say it. I say it any day. Anyone asks me, I hate the Walking Dead. I um. It's funny because this whole. Uh, I was very interested in hearing. I keep hearing this about this Negan character. That Negan is this vicious asshole that doesn't give a fuck, so on and so forth. So I watched the season premiere this year, and it was a very good episode. I'm not going to sit there and bullshit. However, the show went nowhere after that. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching. I gave it another two episodes and I'm like, oh, this is terrible. Like, I don't understand. I think it's one of those, like, The Walking Dead to me has always been the show that has a great season premiere. Six or seven really bad, boring episodes. A solid mid-season end. And then you, you repeat, the thing, the, repeat the same thing as we're moving forward. Like, I think that's The Walking Dead's MO. And I think it's starting to... I mean, it's still AMC, one of AM, if not AMC's top-rated show, but I, but ra- but the ratings did drop this season, correct? They did. Yes. But they dropped to a level that most people like to have anyway. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. I mean, I see that that show might fall into the supernatural category. It might go on for like 13, 14 years. So. That's not ending until those two guys are done doing it. Well, I think I, I still, you know, it's a running joke that I have, but I would l- actually laugh if this actually comes true that the show ends with... um. It all being a dream. <laughs> I I think people would be very angry about that. Be very and this week's top, top news will be the release of Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, I know you saw it yesterday or Friday? I saw it Friday. And this week, we did a, a little poll, a little top 10 article, or each one of us, on our top 10 Marvel films of all time. We're not going to get into deep discussion of it. I'll just run through my 10 real quick. And we're guardian. If if or it doesn't make our t- my top ten. So my top my number ten is Iron Man three. I actually watched all these movies back to back to back just to you know get a good uh a good to refresh my memory on all these movies. And right. I was one that really didn't like Iron Man three f- when I first saw it. But there's something about Shane Black's directing that I'm just like oh it reminds me of like. Like cer- certain parts of the dialogue reminds me of uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and um, how he directs the nice guys with such fantastic dialogue. So Iron Man three is my ten. My nine is Doctor Strange. My eight is Ant Man, and falling in at number seven would be Guardians Volume Two. Now I loved Guardians. I thought it was. I I just love these characters. What I loved about it was that it actually developed all these characters more than the first one did in terms of we find out about uh, Star-Lord's dad. We find a little bit more about Gamora and Nebula and then Drax and a little, a little bit of a moment with uh, rocket. So like everyone was dived into a little bit. It's a, it's a movie where each one of each uh, guardian and each character had this problem, this like feeling of like, family loss of family or not wanted in a family and i think that it covers it well with the movie i don't know if you agree with me on that no i agree i i, I liked that uh they fleshed out everyone a lot more like i was even even like i mean it's not like huge character building for like like Drax and stuff like that but yeah even they gave someone like him kind of more 
making him more than just like the muscle, I guess. Maybe more of a personality, uh, which is good. And they actually infused a lot of it with a lot more personality and a little bit more, you know, depth. But which I liked. And I love the my favorite this time around was probably Yandu's development was fantastic. Oh yeah, really good. So, um, it's my only gripe would be I thought it was trying to be too funny more than at times it was instead of like moving along it felt like a little bit forced towards the middle with certain parts of of the comedy that they're trying to you know give out so i felt a little bit forced on the comedy but besides that i really didn't i had no issues with it whatsoever it was baby grew is the cutest thing ever kudos to them for making that character not annoying like that could you could easily be like a jar jar being like oh why are you there like just kitty stuff and it's annoying and I and I love that the film acknowledged that he was adorable. Like, yeah, it, like they said, "Oh, this, this this tree is too cute to kill." Like I, I and I love the whole like opening battle where like you should be focusing on like the fight. No, nah, but you're <laughs> focusing on him trying to like put yeah, the stereo yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it it's the other movies in my ten for for uh the MCU to me are just superior but there's it's not taking away of how good guardians is i love every minute of it um and then rounding out my top 10 would be captain of captain america first avenger iron man at five the avengers at four guardians at the original guardians at three winter soldier at two and civil war at one now after seeing guardians volume two where would you put it if you had a number all right so my 10 Originally, I had four, so I guess I'll keep there at 10. And then uh, I had Iron Man 2 at number nine. That was my surprise one. I was like, what? And then I had the second, uh, Thor The Dark World at number eight, which I will still keep there. And I had Captain America The First Avenger at seven, which stay there. I actually had Iron Man 3 at number six, and I think now I would put Guardians at Okay, so you're pretty, we're pretty much on the same boat when it comes to that. Right. Um, the crazy thing, I was looking at Rotten Tomatoes this morning. Every single Marvel movie is fresh. And even the Incredible Hulk? The Incredible Hulk is at 67. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> Hanging on. And 12, and I'm sure, and then 12 out of the movies are uh, certified. That's crazy. It's 14, so you can't get anything. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, and I don't think it's going to. So. You know what though? Like I, I, I hope it doesn't happen. But like I'm, like it's gonna be crazy if we get that one Marvel movie and we go on Rotten Tomatoes and then like it's like certified rod. I think I'll just be like shocked if that ever happens. I was saying after we saw the movie, like I was, uh, I, I came out of it and I'm like, of course it's good. Like we walk into Marvel movies now not expecting it whether it's gonna be good or bad, but how good is it gonna be? Unfortunately, they, they put a lot of, they take a lot of time and like care with like doing and i think that's pretty evident with like the final product basically. and i i can say that dc in terms of what they've done so far is we can go back and say but no one cares about these characters at the same time i didn't know who the guardians of the galaxy were four years ago at all <laughs> so i didn't know i wasn't a big fan of thor i knew who he was but i wasn't reading thor or anything like that did you know ant-man i didn't know who ant-man was heard of him but didn't know so it's one of those things like it's not it's not the character's name it's how you do it and i mean at this point aquaman just started shooting this week right yep 
do you care? I nope. can't. No, I, 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 I don't either. I have a friend of mine, um, and he runs a a little page on on Facebook just dealing with comic books and stuff like that. And he was talking about on the page this week how he wants them to do a Flashpoint paradox film and just reset everything. <laughs> I what I think they should do honestly is. Just stick to the ones that work with DC. Stop trying to copy Marvel. Let's just keep what's working. Keep Batman films coming out. Keep Superman movies coming out. Hell, I think they should continue, even if it fails in terms of, you know, being great or good or terrible. Let's try Wonder Woman outside of a universe film. Let's just do a straight up Wonder Woman film. You're not trying to push any universe. You're just going to do a single straight up Wonder Woman film. And I, I'm sure it'll work. And then, at this point, keep. You want a flash movie though? You, you know what? No, I love the TV show, and I think they should keep certain things like Marvel New. Let's just put Daredevil on, on Netflix. Let's just put the Defenders, which the trailer dropped this week for this for the Defenders series in August, and it looks fantastic. Certain certain characters are okay to be on TV. The Flash is fine on TV. You know what I'm saying? Like it's one of those like, I think they're so their concentration is so, like. Con- like to to the films to making these great like this giant universe that they do nothing to flesh out these characters and you don't give a shit about them so with me i mean batman films have worked for years you know why not just continue that mythology we don't need to you know it's funny that i'm saying this now but like 20 years ago when batman batman and robin came out and they had like a little bit of a joke about superman not working alone this is why superman works alone people are like oh my god there's some continuity now i'm like (laughs) now i'm like oh my god can we not have continuity and with like these other characters and have your single standalone movies i think that's what dc needs to do i mean i don't want no flashpoint paradox i don't i mean it worked as a a dc animated film and let's leave it at that we don't need anything else we just need to start fresh just admit you failed warners you know take their hands out of the cookie jar and we go on from there that's what yeah, i think why don't they just change their like i hate I, i'm the kind of person that like I, so i love the flash right and i love arrow like i like I, most of this like superhero shows that the cw has done yeah actually been surprisingly good i kind of hate that for these that like they have like just recast it's like it's like gonna be a different actor and like they want us to be like oh this is like a separate universe like the tv show exists on its own and then like the movies exist on their own that's like, that's it, terrible like oh, that <laughs> I I I think I think it's been said that if they ever include some of these Marvel characters like that are on the Netflix shows on um in the films it's going to be the same people I could have sworn right. I I heard that and that's what you should do I don't understand like the flat Grant how do you it's Grant Grant uh Gustin he's fantastic yeah. as the Flash and I like Ezra Miller but I can't see him in that role at seeing as Grant has like established that role ready you know what i mean just from like a purely like business standpoint i understand like the flash is the highest rated show in cw like still like since it premiered has actually like in the key demo like sometimes beats other shows on like the big four network so like it it does really well so i don't know why you would like want to like try to fix something that's not really broke like if you want to make a flash movie then take those people from the show and make a movie version of that Here's my, would it be salary situations? They can, they would have to pay him double the salary pretty much, right? 
True, I think so. And like, it's the same thing with like stuff like Arrow. Like, I know they talked about like dabbling with a Arrow movie and like casting someone else. But like, why do that? Like, Arrow's been on for like I think five seasons now. Yeah, like, I think they're this on. guy who's like a, you have Stephen Amell who's like established in the role. Like, people like him. It just it's just silly to like separate the two. Like, you already have enough problems trying to develop this universe on its own. Like, maybe you should just kind of scale back and like take what's take what works. It my my fear is that DC's going to learn their lesson when Marvel's done with their universes, with their fate, right. with their entire universe. Because I don't know how much they have left, but if I think they're going to do a phase five or four or something like that, and I think they might be done after that. So DC's probably going to realize, oh, you know, maybe we can't do this when Marvel's already done, and that's going to be a shame because you're wasting potential, potentially great Batman stories or even Superman stories that you could just put on film. Like why, why? Let's just erase everything, do a Dark Knight Returns film based on the graphic novel, based on everything in that story, and you're going to have one of the greatest Batman films of all time that's going to make a bajillion dollars. But no, let's just, you know, continue like incorporate little things from different stories and make bad movies. And that's, you know, that's my thing. Like, I just, I don't understand. I mean, I'm, I'm just a fan, but at this point, it's like you're failing and you will continue to fail. So bad giving up. <laughs> they they must feel terrible giving up, but but they know already that they're failing. So, but it is what it is. We will see what happens in what three weeks when Wonder Woman comes out. God, so, that three weeks, three Jesus. weeks, three weeks already. Time, time. I will, I will be cautiously. I feel like we were just covering the Oscars and we're like already doing summer films, like completely. I know it's going by pretty fast. And then like we'll be covering the Oscars soon. I mean, I don't even know what to look for this season. I know that. Um, Battle of the Sexes should be something to look at with um, Emma Stone and Steve Carell. Yeah, she's going two for two, my dude. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I don't even want to say that. I don't want to say that. I, I, think, don't, I don't think they'll give her two in a row. <laughs> she, she'll get nominated, but I don't think she's too young to get two in a row, I think. Unless she, like, blows this one out. She's, like, kind of like Sandra Bullock right now, a little bit. Like, Sandra Bullock got the one. Then there's some people that didn't think that she really. Uh, that one, even I, though I did, I thought like you know what, she's my my thought on Sandra Bullock back then was, I don't think she's ever gonna get nominated again. It's totally fucking likable, and I would love to see her win. And she won, and then she kind of proved like what was it two years later with Gravity? Like, she did Gravity? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you deserve to be there. And she got another nomination. Was Some that people, she should have won because she carried the whole movie on her own? Was that the J Law year? Uh yeah, I think so. I'm okay with that. I mean, I mean. No, actually, you know what? The year that she lost was when Kate Blanchett won for Blue Jasmine, which I never saw. I've never seen Blue Jasmine either, so I can't. It's also Kate Blanchett. So. She's a parent, and, and she is in very rare. Ter- she has two, and I think, I don't know, I mean, I haven't heard anything about this script being done yet, but she's playing Lucille Ball. Blanchett is? Yep. Yep. She, she can do anything. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that she can, they can seal that one up. If, if it's any, Aaron Sorkin's writing a script to that movie. Oh, good. So, I mean, there's no, there's a TV movie about Lucille Ball, so it's not good. So the fact that they, I think what what I read is that they're gonna cover um the years of the show. I think up to their divorce, to when her and Desi Arnaz get a divorce, I think that's what the movie's gonna cover, from what I heard. So it's not gonna be like about her life per se, just about like it's kind of like what he did with Jobs. Like it was just like about what Steve Jobs. That right. it was just like three part, three moments that in his life. So I think it's going to be some something similar. It's going to be your new La La Land. I think. 
Oh, yeah, it might be. I think I might be pushing hard that year for that. <laughs> Just because. I mean, the, the, <laughs> I've actually been, like, I have moments when I'm, like, looking up, like, stuff on that movie, and I'm like, yeah, we have our Lucy, but who's our Desi? Because I think that role is just as critical. And I was... They haven't cast it yet? No, they haven't cast it. It's cast it. I mean, they're either going to go no name, because I don't. I can't really think of any, like, Cuban actor right now that would be able to play him. If we're doing Hispanic actor, I'd just throw Oscar Isaac in that role, and then there you go. We called it a day. Well, he can do it. Yeah, and I love Oscar. I love Oscar this Isaac. Is like not really like a, it's a similar example, but when everyone was all up in arms when they did the movie Selena, because Selena, I hate Selena. It's Mexican, and then they cast Jennifer Lopez, who's Rican, and that was a big deal when that came out. But then she ended up being decent, good in the movie, so they didn't care. Are you a Selena fan? I like the movie's good, dude. It's like fine. I don't know how you can watch that and not like feel something. <laughs> Her music is pretty dope, so you don't like the movie? It's fine. It's like it's hard. Like it's nothing like to hate. It's no. I mean, I don't hate it. I don't think it's. It, it's a very like I will say it's a very like clean and by the books kind of like biopic. Like there's no like yeah. It's a... if, if, if there was ever, if there was any trash on her, there like there was no, nothing in that movie that would give you any indication that she was anything but pure. Yeah, I mean, I joke around saying I hate it because I know a lot of people I know love that movie. But I mean, I I guess it's, I'm not a fan of J Lo's. But it's a cookie cutter biopic. Nothing. It's harmless. I always give that movie credit, though, because, like, some people say they don't like J-Lo as an actress. Like, I think she's good in that. I think she's good in Out of Sight. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. That's on what George Clooney, right? Yeah, yeah, she's good in that. Like, I think when she is given the right part, she can Like, I know you're a fan of Shades of Blue, right? (laughs) I tried. (laughs) I tried. I'm surprised. That that, that really seems like a show that would be up your alley. (laughs) I tried. I really did. And then it was, like, like, midway through season one, I was like, this is ridiculous. It's really, really ridiculous. I also love that they, like, it's hard to dress J-Lo down. They do their best to, like, make her not look hot. <laughs> they, like, you know, they give her the funky hair and, like, try so hard to, like, make are you, sure she doesn't look like Jennifer Lopez. And, are you still watching it at all? Uh, yeah, because I got to complete stuff. So, like, what's, like, this FBI agent is, like, the bad guy now? Yeah. That's, I mean, oh, it's so bad. It sucks too because I like the cast. I like, I mean, I don't mind her. I like Ray Liotta, of course, and like Creating Mateo. I like her. I've always liked her. So like, it's it's a good cast. Like, they just need better, not so ridiculous stuff. But we're already getting a third season. Like, it got renewed like early season two. Oh, did it? I didn't even know that. Yeah, it got like it's not like doing great on Sunday, but I think it's doing better than what anything else they've had on Sunday night at that time. What did get yeah. re- What did get renewed this week that I'm very excited about is comic book men kevin smith's show love comic book men i've never watched it it's a good show i mean if you're into like i'm i'm a sucker for all these like auction and like like type of show where you sell your you know when you sell your items at a store and stuff like that and it's kind of goes in that direction but also has other you know aspects to the show but i always watch it just to see what like old comics they bring to the store to sell and stuff like that so and it's at a good i mean You'd think midnight would be a terrible spot on AMC, but it's on at midnight on Sunday, so it's right after The Walking Dead, Talking Dead, The Walking Dead replay, and it's right after that. So, so get piggybacks on all those years. Yeah, so like if you have someone that's watching the replay and they're not ready to go to sleep yet, boom, you got you catch comic book man and you catch some decent ratings. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is gonna be a very this week, this next week, and then more so the week after that. Uh, we find out 
for the most part, like what shows are getting canceled, what shows are getting renewed. Did Goldberg's get renewed yet? Getting... Did Goldberg's get renewed yet? Uh, I can't remember if it got the early. I think it was one of the ABC shows that got the early, because uh, they mass renewed a bunch of uh, ABC shows early, and I think it was one of them. Good. Uh, I, you're, we're still kind of waiting on like on ABC, like the real Neils is on the bubble still. Uh, I think they renewed Fresh Off the Boat early too. And if they haven't, it is most likely going to get renewed because the ratings are still pretty good. Uh, but yeah, we find out a lot. I'm, I'm more concerned about like Fox and those shows. There are certain things on Fox that I really want back. Like, Pit, I want, pitch I want got canceled, and I was pitch very upset. Sucks for that so, because that was a really decent show. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Vicious. I don't know why they just like kept it on Thursday night, like around all that competition. Didn't try to move it. Didn't really play on the whole like promoting it like with like you know they Fox has baseball. Like they had like like playoff stuff going on then and they didn't really like cross promote the two, which was so weird. They just I'm, let it die on Thursday night. I don't I don't understand what they expected putting it against Thursday night football. I'm like, you're gonna lose Thursday night football, you have that, and then you put it up against like like oh. even though like the ratings aren't as strong as they used to be, but but the ABC drama lineup, like a Grey's Anatomy scandal, how to get away with murder, still beats most of the other like network shows that are airing against it. So, yeah. like, it had, like, no chance. And, like, it's weird because it was, like, got really good reviews. Like, critics really liked it. I don't understand why they didn't try to, like, save it. Speaking of, like, shows on Fox, did The Exorcist, was that a one-off? Uh, It was intended to be a one-off. I uh, My theory on The Exorcist is that Fox ordered it, didn't expect much from it, threw it on Friday night, thought that fans would be, like, all up in arms because it's like, oh, why are you making a show, like, based on the, you know, that movie, that movie's a classic, don't mess with it. And then... People that were watching it on Friday nights loved it. It actually got good reviews. And now they're like, it is one of their bubble shows. They're like looking at it like, okay, could we bring it back? Has too much time gone by since the season ended? Will people care? I don't. Back? I, for one, think this shouldn't be brought back. I think it was a good one off. I thought it was a good one off too. I think I'm just, I, I was just so excited that it was good. Like, I was, you know, like, it was one of the shows that, like, like uh, my Instagram page got to like post for, like, a sponsorship with. So, like, I initially was like, oh, I'm only going to like this because I have to. <laughs> and then it ended up being good. And I was really surprised that it was good. And each episode got, like, better and better. Yeah, when they when I found out that it was more of a sequel than a oh, know, yeah, direct... Oh, yeah, some of those reveals were, like, pretty good. Like, yeah, that won't call me by surprise. surprise. I was like, all right, I'm okay with what you're doing. I think that it did okay for airing on Friday nights. Like, and, you know, it was doing a little bit better, like, I think Sleepy Hollow like took its spot after uh, it ended, and that Sleepy sh- Hollow was doing worse. That Friday. show's still around. I didn't even know that show was yeah, still around. Yeah, of course. Uh, Sleepy Hollow. I love season one. Then things got stupid. Season two, and then like it just never recovered. And then like they moved it around so much that I couldn't keep up with where it was at. So I stopped watching it. That's unfortunate. I'm surprised that they kept renewing it too because it like wasn't doing great even in season two. That's how I feel with certain shows that you're just Fox, like. Fox, Fox. Fox makes really weird decisions. That's why I'm really curious to see what they are going to do with their lineup. I mean, did Empire get renewed for another season? Oh, yeah. Empire got early. Like, way early. It's their highest rated show. And it's dropped a lot. It's dropped too. a lot, but it's dropped to a level of, like, other shows would love to have those numbers. And in quality, and too. And in yeah, quality. That show was just plain out terrible no, now. No, no. It's like, it's a glorified, like, it, it knows that it is, like, a nighttime soap opera, and it, like, fully embraces that now, which I kind of sucks, like, of the first season. And I yeah, think same the first here. Was like, uh, first season was shorter, didn't have as many episodes. I think they had to tell a certain story in a certain amount of time, and it worked. 
like stretching it out to 18 episodes like for season two and it's hurting the show now i still watch it because I was te- I was telling uh this was like a, probably when the first show first started I was talking to a friend of mine uh she's like really into it and I told her like what worked like you said what worked for the first season was that it was a short amount of episodes and they were all strong but once you were expanding to what I thought they were gonna do was actually expand to twenty three yeah I kind of thought I think the only reason they didn't is because they have two leads that are also movie stars which uh, they and they don't want to be tied down I think to a full twenty three you know, season. It kind of I I wish that some a lot of these shows. I mean, it, for money purposes, I understand why they don't do it. But like, I love AMC's like format. Like you do like like uh Better Call Saul is like twelve, thirteen, and then you have and I love and Bates Motel was only ten a season. I think that's why a cable show works. They they know they have like a condensed amount of time to tell a certain story. Like they're like if you look at most network TV shows, like out of those. 20, Two twenty-three episodes. Some of them don't even like fit into like the overall like arc. There are certain episodes that are strictly filler. I mean, I love the Flash, but you had a musical episode this season. I was okay with that. No, I <laughs> thought it was fine, but you know what I mean. It goes back to what you were saying. Like, you know, it's not like it has no real effect to the main p- plot of the season, but you know, you have no, it in that, there. That that came about because they were like, "Oh, Grant Gustin, you were on Glee." Like, "Oh, Melissa Supergirl, you were also on Glee." So let's totally do a crossover, and we should also get Darren Chris. To be the villain who was also ugly, have a little glee reunion on the Flash. I think that's all that 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 was what that happened. Yeah, and and it got to fill in a filler episode. So I'm sure it still did good in the ratings, just for the people that like Glee. They're like, oh, these guys are gonna sing again, so let's just watch that on. There were like people when they cast uh, her as Supergirl. Like that was one of the first things my friend said. They were like, oh, they're on Glee together. Are there gonna be crossovers? There should be crossovers, like just because they're on Glee together. I was like, he wasn't even on Glee that long. Like it was like, but they made it a big deal. Like that, these two people on that show together, and now they're in the same universe together. And I'm I still have not seen Supergirl. What about you? Uh, I did. So I'm glad I gave that show a shot. Season one, like the first half, was like very much. It was too much of the whole like uh, driving home, like oh, this is a female superhero. It was like all about female empowerment, and they really like kind of like stressed that a little too hard. Like, yeah. The first episode. And then, like, the back end of season one got really good, and season two is actually a lot better than season one, and I think it has a lot to do with moving from CBS to the CW. I think CW gives them a lot more freedom to really do what they want. Yeah, I mean, it seems like any superhero show that's on network is wants to go to CW now. And it, it should have been there in the first place. I don't think CBS knew how to market a show like Supergirl. Like, they don't have any other show like that on their network. I think the only show that they have that's actually... I guess something that I watch is probably Big Bang Theory, and that's not even as good as it used to be. So, yeah, man. Now, now it's not that good. I, I will. It's, it's always been like a hot mess. Like, oh, man, it's, it, it's there's some good stuff on there. Like I was inter- I've been entertained, not lately, but like the first couple I of seasons. Every time I look at ratings, like whatever night it airs on, I'm like God, it's still the top rated show of the night. Like, <laughs> I mean, it got extended, didn't they? So sign another. Did, did they sign another three year deal? They did. I think, but I think that might be it. I think once that three years is done, then they'll be done. I mean, they're they are, it's getting a spinoff. They already got a straight to series order. They're doing Young Sheldon, so oh, yeah. Eh, eh, I don't know how I feel about that. More, more boring shows on CBS. I oh, think. stop. I hate CBS. <laughs> I mean, I only watch The Big Bang Theory on There's CBS. So it. like CBS, just is like I feel like every old person is just like propped up in front of their TV watching anything on CBS. I feel like they. Their last hit show was I Love Lucy, it seems like. Well, I mean, you want to you believe that, which I guess 
last hit drill. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, of course not. I'm just saying. <laughs> it fe- it seems like it's been that long since they have like such a fucking amazing like, show. Really, like when I remember when CSI started, like that was like one of the highest rated shows on TV. Isn't Survivor on CBS? Yep, it's still strong. I don't watch it. No, I don't. I don't. I have no interest in reality TV. So there's some good reality. We should but, cover that one. If you want, I have no problem covering that. <laughs> I have no interest in that. Um, but um, I think the last re- I mean, I watch if it counts. I guess it counts as reality TV. I watch Total Divas on E. Yeah, so I guess that's the only reality TV. You're like step away from Bravo watching one on E. <laughs> Wait, well, I guess that's true. <laughs> e reality shows are kind of trashy. <laughs> I mean, I don't watch the Kardashians, and that's as bad no, as it gets. That's... that's as bad as it gets. Yeah. But, um, another note on 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 TV. Didn't that what's that terrible show that used to be on like on uh the Bad Girls Club got canceled finally? Well, um, I, they are, so I think it airs on Oxygen, I think, and Oxygen is, like, rebranding the network to be more of, like, a true crime network. So they, they have a show called Snap that they, I, I, it's, like, a true crime show about women who kill people, basically. Oh, fun. And um, they marathon that show all the time, and then they, they've been gradually kind of premiering other true crime shows, and they are doing really well. So they, they're really trying to compete with, there's another channel called uh, Investigation Discovery, it's like the ID channel, that has like, it's a 24-hour like true crime network. Oh, wow. And, they're, and they are like, they are competing with that. Now, the last time I read before they, because they talked about Bad Girls Club, Bad Girls Club, people still watch it, and they're like, well, what are you going to do with that? And the lady who's running the network now didn't really know then, but I guess they know now. <laughs> it's going, it's going. It wouldn't, it wouldn't fit. It's going to Netflix. Yeah, I, mean, I just wouldn't fit there if they're going to have like a true crime rebranded true crime network. Yeah. And before we get to our main topic, which is guilty pleasures, the Dunkirk trailer dropped on Friday. Now, I think we're both Christopher Nolan fanboys. So, yeah. so, Adi, what do you think? Yeah, you, know, you know what my only concern is? And it's not really a big one. I'm still confused that Harry Styles is in it. <laughs> I'm still confused as a kid from I don't know what he did. What he did to impress Christopher Nolan. I mean, I only know him from One Direction, so I was still, I'm still very confused by that. But other than that, it looks great. It looks great too. I mean, it's not hard for me to get excited for Christopher Nolan film. So. And I mean, the last time, if it's anything, the last time he dropped a, a movie in July was it? It was Dark Knight, right? Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. So, I mean. There's I don't think there's a bad Christopher Nolan film, so I'm I'm fully on board. It it doesn't the one thing I like, I mean, the thing that I think was difficult for someone that's like a casual moviegoer is oh, is this just another war movie? But he kind of like the way this trailer is cut, he kind of makes people aware that it's not just a typical war movie, there's more to it. Right. So that's what I loved about it myself. And it looks like what 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 you're saying, it looks pretty. It does. It does. Oh yeah, that's my thing. Look, it does look very pretty. Yeah, it definitely looks pretty. Oh, so. you know what? He. I was just looking up. He released uh, Inception July sixteenth, twenty ten. And it went. And it went on to at least be nominated for Best Picture, I believe. And it. Uh, yeah, and it made a lot of money. <laughs> of so, course. Yeah. That's the one he thing. Owns, that... He owns the summer. Actually, most of his movies have come out. Of, like his bigger movies have come out during the summer. It's funny. Like I think, yeah. like yeah. 
people, all he has to do is put director of the Dark Knight trilogy, and you're just gonna get any fanboy be like, oh, he did That's Batman. He did Batman. This must, this must be good. So like, I noticed what happened. No, uh, yeah, I've noticed, I've noticed that too. Like, I, I my, uh, we forgot what movie we saw when they, the teaser trailer came out. And that, that was all that really flashed on the screen. And my friend was like, I'm sold. I don't even know what this is about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Sold. That's <laughs> that's all you need. And I mean, now I think uh, on, on uh, Dunkirk, he put director of Inception and the Dark Knight trilogy. That's it. That's all you, that's all you need. It's his whole filmography. He hasn't made a bad movie yet. Not at all. I mean, my favorite is the Dark Knight, obviously. But then I would probably put... Uh, I would I put, I put Memento, and then The Prestige gets no love. I know a lot of people that haven't even seen The Prestige. I mean, it got love when it came out. I mean, I think people liked it. It wasn't, like, poorly received, but I think, like, yeah, it gets, I think Insomnia gets forgotten about more than any of them, and that sucks, but I like that movie. I, I like that movie as well. It's coming up on its 15th uh, anniversary. And that just made me feel a lot older. Really, I, saw it, I remember seeing it opening night with my friends. And like loved it, and I, I had some friends that didn't like it as much because they thought it was gonna be like a straight kind of like serial killer movie. Like that's kind of how they promoted it. Yeah. Uh, and they 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 really wanted more Robin Williams in it, and you know that was actually that was like the year that Robin Williams got real creepy. He did that movie, and he did and one, one hour, hour photo. photo. I <laughs> I love one hour photo. Dude, I like I love when Robin Williams would do serious stuff like that. It's like like just that he's like a great actor. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking that. After, after this, I mean, did Nolan say he'd ever touch like genre uh, franchises again, or did he say he's done I with actually, that? I don't remember if he actually made a statement being like I, he wouldn't do. He's like I, I kind of don't think he should. Like, yeah, you don't want to get tight tight cast into that type of genre. That and also he made three really great ones. You know, could do it again. I'd love for him to direct if they if they do it, which I know they probably won't because they're so intent on these. You know, franchises. If they ever decide to do a Dark Knight Returns, they just just have him do it. Just just put him in there. Do you put the best director that the franchise has ever, the Batman franchise has ever had, and then you just bring back Keaton, and then you're good to go. All right, I'm gonna play Devil's Advocate for a second because Nolan has a producing credit on Man of Steel, and a lot of people complain about Man of Steel being like kind of like like dark in the same way that, that like the Batman movies were dark, and yeah. kind of don't think that Superman is meant to be like a dark superhero and some people have blamed the fact that like well he kind of had he didn't have a hand in making it but he was a producer and i'm sure that influence i think the dark knight influenced a lot of movies. i think the dark knight influenced a lot of dc comic book movies because right, right. marvel hasn't really touched on the whole like because marvel hasn't forgotten what a color looks like dc has and you can even go as far as to say as look at the dark knight yeah it's a dark gritty film but at least, you know, the Joker still had color. You know, it's not like it was like, you know, you can't see his his uh his purple, you can't see his like, you know, it there's it, it fluctuates some color outside of like you know, Man of Steel where where, you know I think it's I think I think the pro I think the problem that too with the colors, you know, the darkness of it is that we have a man that's directing these films that doesn't know what a color looks like. And, you know, you have Nolan, that's a complete, you know, when you're being producer, it kind of reminds me of like when Batman Forever came out, Tim Burton was producer. That does, that's probably like, to me, it probably feels like, all right, we're going to throw your name there so you can get some extra money. But you have no affiliation to this. That's what I think about, like, in terms of like him being a producer on that. 
But that's just me. I might be wrong on that. I mean, I mean, I'm sure it's just a name and it's just money for him. No, yeah. So, with that being said, when we talk about, you know, Batman Forever and these Joe Schumacher films, it brings us to today's top 10 discussion, which will be bad movies. Like, really bad movies. Like, movies that we call our top 10 guilty pleasures. Now, I know, do you have a difficult time with this one, or was this one a little easier for you? It was a little easier, but, like, I don't, I still wouldn't call it like that. <laughs> Like, I mean, you hate calling them bad. I hate calling them bad. Like I, I probably watch some of these more than I watch some of my favorite movies. So, <laughs> well, with that being said, yeah. what? Let's start with number ten. What is your number ten? I'm going first. Yeah, I, I, I want you to go first this time. Uh, uh, number ten. I have a. I have bring it on at number ten. <laughs> I know I'm starting off well. Great. Uh. I love Bring It On. I have no shame in admitting that I love it. I there are a lot of people I know that love it too that I'm friends with, but there are a lot of other people that are like that movie's awful and very much of its time and that's it. Like leave it back in 1999 or when it came out or 2000. Uh, but no, I have fun every time I watch it. My friends still quote it. Sometimes I quote it. Do you have a favorite scene in that movie? Uh, there's a lot of douches. Anything with a lot of douches. She's in it. Uh, I think, you know what, I'm looking at my guilty pleasure list, and I think most of it is influenced by what girls I think are hot. <laughs> so it's like Jay and Silent Bob strike back on that list? <laughs> what happened? Uh, <laughs> she's in that. I mean, that movie had her. She's also been in a lot of garbage. Uh, it's, I've tolerated a lot of Elijah B. garbage post Buffy. What year was but that? I, I think it's fun. Like, I mean, like, I don't know. Have you seen Bring It On? You don't yeah, I, I saw it back in like what two thousand ninety nine or something like that. It's saw it opening day. No, you didn't really. Opening day with ten friends. <laughs> did all ten friends like it, or just they were yeah, like, it. like we all loved it then. It was like it was, but that was like you could tell. I think that was like towards the end of like for a while. That was like the last like teen movie I think that we kind of all kind of saw and enjoyed because then like a lot of stuff after that was just pretty awful. How many? How many are there now? Uh, I think there are uh, like that's but they. I think uh, they went straight to video or straight to whatever we call it now. <laughs> did this make money or not? Nah, right or did first bring it on? Did make money? Oh, that's that's it, good. It was number and I think it was number one uh, for two weeks in a row when it came out. That's fantastic. Yep. Yeah. I'm <laughs> you on that. Bring it on. <laughs> My number 10 is probably made no money. Uh, my number 10 is Last Action Hero. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I have seen it. So I was like, I was like the first sign of like, oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was in a flop. And he was like, it's <laughs> so bad. Like, I guess it was just like, I was, I, that movie was like 92, 93. So I was like six or seven years old. And I'm like, you know, this little kid, I'm like, oh my God, this little boy just went into the movie. He's living the movie. And like, I thought it was like, you know corny but when he uh they go into the video i think it was going to blockbuster um for our newer listeners that's like a video store that doesn't exist anymore um and like they see uh like they see a poster like a cardboard cut out of the terminator and like it's sylvester stallone oh, I do remember that. yeah so i mean it's it's corny but i i enjoyed it for what it is it's it's just over the top cheese i think oh i don't no no no, no, no don't get i don't I'm not a big Arnold fan at all, so 
I'm whatever with him. You're going to bust out, like, the six day and, like, whatever. The six day is not... Nah, man. Nah, man. I'm going to hate... I'm going to get on you on that. The six day is not terrible. There's a bunch of, like, later, before he became governor of California, made some really bad movies before he... And that was one of them. He made Erase. He made Erase or two? Erase two was good. That was, like, the last Arnold action movie I can remember really enjoying. True Lies was mine. True Lies was all oh, that was good too. Yeah, True dude. Lies is good. Race was good. I actually don't mind in the days. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's fine. It's whatever. But I mean the sixth day was hot garbage. <laughs> it's not. I've, it's not terrible. It's just bad. But not as bad as Last Action Hero. Yeah, you go. There you go. <laughs> well, all right, what's your number nine? Uh, my number nine. You know, I actually felt weird putting it on the list because I, I the only reason I did because I love it and I don't know anyone else that really likes it. Uh, in fact, I know a lot of people that straight up hate it. I put Vanilla Sky on my list. Oh, one. really? That's surprising. Uh, but there are a lot of people, I, and I only reason I feel guilty about loving it is because like maybe I'm seeing something that no one else sees. No, I I, I I like Vanilla Sky as well. So, but I have no like no I have other than you talking to you right now. Like all my friends hate that. Like That's... and like I, I, it's still something that gets brought up. I like, actually have a friend that I still know. We saw that movie on opening night together. And she still brings that up as like one of the worst experiences she's ever had. Did she say why? Like, what did she? She, what? Just, she just like, well, one, I think it had a lot to do with how they promoted that movie. Like, I think that's a hard movie to promote. There's yeah. a lot more going on in it than you can kind of show. Um, uh, she was expecting a little bit of something like more straightforward, and then it became this like really like kind of like a mind fuck kind of movie, and but not one that she thought was interesting. It's <laughs> kind of. It's kind of like Donnie Darko. I don't know if you've ever seen Donnie Darko. Oh, I love Donnie Darko. Yeah, so it's not, you'll never, I, I, it took me probably like three times to watch it to kind of like really grasp what they're trying to do. Cause it just like, once that end happens, I'm like, oh, well, that came out of nowhere type of thing. The director's cut, I actually was watching the director's cut last night. And it, yeah, and the director's cut actually kind of gives you more to work with that kind of, like, helps you understand things a little well, quicker. Well, it explains everything, which kind of why I didn't like the director's cut. Like, I mean, I guess it's good for people that, like, I know a lot of people that watch Donnie Darko and, like, usually don't get it. And I, those same people watch the director's cut, and that's the version they like because it spells everything out for you. Yeah, that's uh, my... I, I didn't like that because I, I got what was going on when I saw the original cut and think it's the way it is. Yeah. Uh, and it adds like an extra like twenty minutes. That's probably all of explanation too, right? Yeah, I think it is. It's all like like oh, this one scene right here that you didn't quite understand. Well, here, here, let me explain it. That's what most of those scenes are. And I give Donnie Docker credit. It's what brought me and my he's my best friend now. I've been friends with him for like t- almost twenty years. He, uh, I lent him that movie back in two thousand three, and I still have yet to get it back. <laughs> I still have it. Shout out to Serge. Yeah. <laughs> great great bonding experience uh my num- my number nine is another 90s action star sylvester stallone and my number nine is over the top i don't know if you've ever seen over the top yes that's the arm wrestling one <laughs> it is i i don't even know what to say i mean it's pretty terrible like this guy is a father that like finds his mother died and the son goes on the road with him and this guy's like an he's an arm wrestler professional arm wrestler and tournament to win a big rig and stuff like that it's like it's pretty bad it's um the best part of the movie is when every time he's about to arm wrestle he 
they they tell him to go over the top, and I, I just find that hysterical. And it's also funny because there's a movie lo- that references. I don't- yeah, I love that. And then there's also like a couple of '80s wrestlers in there, and I'm like, oh fuck, I didn't know these these guys were in it. That's why you like- no, there's more to it. I just thought it was fucking t- terribly over the top. My number eight is just as bad when it comes to like, like, well, we'll, we'll get to it, but I don't want I don't want to get into it yet. What's your number eight? All right, my number eight is uh. I don't know if you remember <laughs> with Sandra Bullock. Yeah, yeah, I have seen the net. Came out during the time of like, oh, the internet's so new and scary. And <laughs> they made sh- they made sure the internet was scary. Yeah, like they're like, oh my god, like you can lose your identity like that, and no one. There's a lot of like plot holes in that movie that I really like. I can't believe that someone like that, like like I live, I don't know all my neighbors, but I would know them by sight. And like would know who they are, and like actually know some of them by name. And the fact that like no one can vouch for other than her mother, who's in the nursing home, that doesn't quite is like going to like dementia or something weird. Like she's losing her mind. No one can vouch for her being Annie Bennett. Like like she has like not one friend. And then like the one friend she does have, uh, you know, he can't really vouch for her either. Like there's like no reason why no one can vouch for her being Angela Bennett and not Ruth Marks. And I'm being really into it. Like I just. It just I can I, I can tell you really love it. I do. I love that movie. I used to watch. I, I don't know why I used to watch that movie a lot growing up, and like I could like I would like how bad it was. I used to like watch it, and it would end, and then I would start it over and then watch it. Again. That's funny. I remember the first time I saw that movie was uh, back in the day of like request pay per view. Like the movies are like three three dollars or something like that. Yeah. And then my mom ordered it, and I was like, I just sat down and like she ordered it for me. She's like, here's something to watch or whatever. And I I'm sitting there watching it. And I'm like. I don't know if I should like this or not. Like, and I'm like ten at the time, or five, nine, or whatever. The it was ninety. The movie came out in ninety five, right? Right. Yeah. So I was about nine years old, and I'm like, I don't know if I should like this or not. It came out during like the height of like Sandra Bullock. I never, I never, I never wanted to hit. I never wanted the internet after watching that movie. I know, it was scary, dude. You use your like credit cards, people steal your identity, like, like, ah. So I mean, it's really ridiculous and over the top, and it's and it's also. I I've actually watched that movie like ago, and it's so 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 dated. Like it's hard to like take it seriously now. Like they're on Windows ninety five and all that. Yeah, fun like stuff. you're just like the oh, time has changed so much since nineteen ninety five. Well, I th- I think my number eight is gonna top yours in how bad it is. So my number eight, I'll give you the premise. I want to see if you can guess it. So my number eight is a movie that a little boy plays a video game and it progresses the movie in the video game. Oh. You definitely know this one. Any you guesses? Know, I'm like drawing a blank. Any uh, guesses? No, you're gonna say it. I'm gonna be mad. I didn't get it. Yep, my number eight is Surf Ninjas. Oh wait, I love Surf Ninjas. That's not bad. <laughs> oh. dude, I I literally just told you the plot of the movie. That is terrible. Oh, that's gonna be like that's similar to my number seven. Okay, go. <laughs> so pretty much the plot of Surf Ninjas is what it what I said. It's a little boy that's like these that has a video game. And is progressing the, the video game within the movie. Anything that happens in the video game progresses in the movie. And I think I'm not sure if I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think the main guy wasn't he? Well, Rob Schneider was in that movie too, right? Rob Schneider is in that movie. Yes, uh, <laughs> very very out of place. Rob Schneider. Yes. <laughs> so, and I think the main the main uh guy Johnny he was uh in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part Two, The Secret of the Use. Oh, he was uh. Blanking on his real name, but yeah. So, I mean, 
I think that's I think that's what got me into watching it. I was like, oh my god, that's the, the guy from Ninja Turtles. And then I bought. The funny thing is, I have a funny story that I actually remember to this day. Um, they came out with a Surf Ninjas video game for the Game Gear. I bought that Surf Ninjas game. I might be the only one. I think I am. I don't know where the hell that game is now, but I'm looking at it, and that game was just as bad as the movie. Nothing in the movie. Like, I love when, like, there's nothing better than, like, the old Nintendo, the old 8-bit and 16-bit era, where you buy a video game based on the movie, and the video game has nothing to do with the movie. I always loved buying those games. They just, like, slap the title on there, like, yep, that's... They're like, here you go. This is... Connection. This is... The only connection is the little... Plast the little pa- uh, tape on the on the game that says the, the title of the movie, but um yeah that's my number eight. You said your number seven is just as bad, so well, let's hear. Well, it's it. like similar. With the thing. I have three ninjas at number seven. Oh, I love three ninjas. I should that. Uh, love 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 that movie. Uh, I saw it's one of, I think six movies I've saw three times in theaters. I. <laughs> I I like you argued with you're gonna argue with me about a movie that's probably that's in my top two for not being a guilty pleasure for being a good Three Ninjas is on is I'm gonna argue with you on that that movie's so good <laughs> so goodly it's I don't it, even like give a nod to like Three Ninjas Kickback like a little bit I I <laughs> my issue with Three Ninjas Kickback is that the only one that returned was Colt right and like Rocky aged like five years from the first one so. That would be my that would be my big issue with that. I also wanted to be friends with them. I thought they were all. Like, I mean, they I ha- to be friends with all. I mean, I I showed Jen that movie like a year ago, and I didn't think she liked it. I think I think me and you would understand the love for that movie. Oh, it's, so it's so good. And then like the best part was Rock. They have their own like Mr. Miyagi. Like he's, he's not really Mr. Miyagi, but like he's, he's oh he's poor man's Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> Mr. Miyagi, but like yeah. It's only known as Grandpa. I don't think mean, he has a name. <laughs> it's and the villain in Three Ninjas was so bad, so ridiculous. What, so, the, what was his name? Do you remember? Uh, I think it was Snyder. I, yeah, Snyder. Yeah. He was so bad. Um, the funny, the funniest thing to me was um, remember that that uh, dummy that they were kicking in the beginning, yeah, yeah. and they happened to have to do it at the end of the movie, like. And the guy was like kind of sh- round the same way the dummy was. It was just like so over the top. And don't forget when they played basketball and Rocky could dunk. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And then don't forget Rocky loves Emily. Oh yeah, that's like that's probably like, no. My, it. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, my friend always hates this scene, like the initial scene where like the, the bad guys break into the house and the kids like you know defend themselves because he always thought that that whole scene was just a blatant rip off of like something Home Alone would have done. Yeah. <laughs> I it's funny because I also um because of that movie is now I learned what milk of magnesium is <laughs> when they uh when they had uh yeah I was like seven I was like six or something when they I'm like I'm like is that I'm like does that really make you go to the bathroom like that oh my god I'm like oh my god I never want to drink this um that I did I guess that was a blatant ripoff would it was that around Wayne's World time yeah like so I. I I feel like they were trying to rip off those type of characters with that particular scene, like the, those goons. I like how it's pretty much probably blatantly ripped off. Yeah. Okay no, it's all good. My number seven is a Disney movie. So, you know, 90s Disney is not the greatest era of Disney films. 
So outside of like Lion King and Aladdin and stuff, my number seven is Angels in the Outfield. I uh, don't feel guilty about that. I didn't put it on my list because I don't feel guilty at all about it. <laughs> uh, I love it. You know, it made my list when I watched it like a month ago. I'm watching it, and then when you get towards the end, when they're like, I when I think they were gonna fire the manager, he was gonna resign. When Danny Glover was gonna resign, and then the mother, the the like not the mother, the the caretaker of the kids, the guardian of the kids at the time, just randomly shows up at a baseball press conference and just like speaks her mind, and no one tries to stop her. Yep. <laughs> and then like every every character, I think fit fit into place. Like Tony Danza is like this like washed up like actually surprisingly good movie. And if you notice, the movie does end like on a sad note. Like they would let you know Tony Danza is gonna die in six months. There's some like names in that movie too. You got Danny Glover, like Matt, young Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Matthew, Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. Yeah, I always say the. <laughs> I always say when I watch that movie, there's the fat JGL. Yeah, it's like it's. it's, it's like, but it, I'm glad that uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. They've actually asked him about that movie, and he speaks highly of it. So. It's it's fun, man. I mean, the one um, we who's Matthew? We have Matthew McConaughey in there, and who's is there anyone else? Any other name? Actually? Yeah, I'm trying to. Oh, not he's not a name, but like. I always felt like the his friend was like the most useless friend ever. Oh, it was annoying. He was probably the only annoying. What was his name? JP. Uh, yes. So like, I loved when he wasn't at the game because JGL was at court. And then like, do you see the Angels too? And he's like, no. Like this kid is like so useless for everything. And then like he starts crying because JGL gets adopted and he doesn't and he doesn't get adopted at the end. So like Danny Glover is like, I guess I feel bad. Let me take you in too. I just pulled up the IMD page and looked at Cassis. So there's Danny Glover, Brenda Fricker, who has in a few movies. Like, she's not, like, well, well-known, but pretty uh, decently known actress. Tony Danza, Christopher Lloyd. forgot about Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. I don't know how I forgot. Angel. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, of course. Uh, Milton Davis Jr.'s JP. He does not have a picture on IMD. That means he probably has no other movie. Uh, but then... Uh, down the list, Adrian Brody is in it. I didn't remember. Yes, he is. Adrian Brody is in that. Yes, I remember that. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, and then uh, uh, I forgot that Dermot Mulroney plays his dad, plays George Gillette's dad. Yes, and he's in there for like two scenes. Yeah, and yeah, yeah so there are a lot of people in it that's on the three scenes, except I, Milton Davis. I mean, I guess he's a little, I guess he was a kid. JGL was a kid at the time, but I'm like, when I saw the movie and he's like, oh, when will you come back? And he's like, when the angels win the pennant. I'm like, why would you take that literal? <laughs> no. I'm like, he obviously means this team is so bad and I'm never going to come back. And I'm watching them like, all right, I'm like 12 or 13 at the time. I think I would have gotten the hint when he said that originally. But if not, we would have not had a movie. So I guess we have to go, you know, suspend disbelief on that. Suspension. Yeah, yeah, have to. But you... it's also like uh, I like I get the feel of watching that movie like when they all get up at the end and start doing the whole like angel like you know which would never happen at a real baseball game. No, I'm it would. Totally would. I know it would. <laughs> it's like you're like oh look at that. Come on. Like no, like just 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 win. I don't care. Um, no, I guess so. You, I get what you mean. I do like when they take them at the end. You know, he adopts them at the end. Danny Glover and stuff. Like they have season tickets for life. I guess that's what I was most jealous of. Not that he got like a pops. The fact that this dude's night. Is now like the son of the manager, so he can go wherever, and he gets three tickets to all these games. <laughs> and and we and we did have a sequel, so. Oh yeah, wasn't it? Uh, Angels in the Inf- Angels in the Infield. Yeah, 
Oh, infield, and then there was the end zone too. So, but moving on, do we have do we have any Disney movies on your end, or are we moving on? What's your number six? Uh, number six. Okay, it's about to get like real teeny heavy. All right, all right. Can I can I take a guess? Just, number six. Yeah. <laughs> is it a horror movie or is it like just a regular team con? Teen teen comedy. comedy. All right, I'm gonna go with. Can't can't hardly wait. Uh, no, because I don't feel guilty about it. <laughs> That's not on the list. All right, so my next guess is she's all that. Yeah, you got that one straight. Yeah, she's all that. At number six. That's not a guilty one for me. I love she's all that. Um, <laughs> uh, saw it twice in theaters. Like I don't know why, but I did. And uh, wanted to go to that high school. Kind of wish that we had a DJ that taught us how to do an impromptu <laughs> dance at prom. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that only happens. Movies, I guess. Um. But no, it's just fun, and like the cats look like they're having fun. Like I'm not a big like Freddy Prince fan at all, but like if I have to give him credit for like one thing he's done, where I'm like, all right, you're pretty decent in that, like I'll give him she's all that. Yeah. And uh, Richelle Cook, she's adorable. So, yeah, she is adorable. Um, and then the supporting cast too, like you got Paul Walker, uh, Gabrielle Union, uh, that was like I think the start of her playing like the token black man in a lot of teen movies. Uh. Little Kim is in it too. She has like one Wait, line. Is she in? She's what? She where? What scene is she in? So she's in a lot of the scenes with the popular people. Like she's in their clique with like Paul Walker and Gabrielle Union and stuff. And I think she only has like one line, but she's in a few scenes. And she is actually one of the like dancers in the prom scene too. Like so, she's in it a lot. She just doesn't have like. And did you like how it ended? Yeah, I was fine with how it ended. I mean, it had to end that way. So. I have actually a story about that. So well, she looks hot before he made her hot, <laughs> but she looked really hot after too. Yeah, but I always like prefer nerdy lady bog. I don't know. <laughs> I liked her. I liked her new look, but if she should have just kept the glasses. I'm always a fan of girls with glasses. Yeah, she looks. Yeah, there wasn't much to change. So it. I actually have a story about that movie. So a few years ago, I think this was about two, two, two years ago, about a year and a half to two years ago, we went to a uh, a convention. And we met Matthew. I thought it was four. She's all that. I was like, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. Nothing like that. <laughs> nothing like that. And we met Matthew Lillard, right? And oh, that, yeah. He, I love his character. In that he movie. is. He is great. Uh, one of the nicest, pe- uh, nicest celebrities I've ever met. But uh, like a couple of hours later, there was like a VIP party or whatever. And we were there or whatever. And then Jen had a request of give it to me, baby. The one from the movie. Yeah, yeah. And she danced with Matthew Lillard. <laughs> oh, he did? That's awesome. Yeah, so, like, now, like, she loves She's All That even more because of that moment. I, like, his scenes in that movie are great. Like, that, like, just, like, knowing how, like, popular the real world was back then and, like, them, like, kind of mocking and making fun of it, it's so spot on. Like, <laughs> it's, like, the character he played is, like, very much like... Puck, right? That particular on that that was in the real world. He was trying to be like Puck, right? Puck. The, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, what I he, got from he it, too. And like I, I mean I, and I love like snarky like issue humor too. There's a lot of that. And she's all that. No, uh, Jodie Lynn O'Keefe like played the the main like, well, I guess like bad girl. I hated her. That's uh that's his uh, his ex, right? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah. It did also not like... very funny. She played she played the bitch well. I think really well. Really well. Like the scene where like she uh was uh I think like when Lady Bog was like talking about how like. Uh, I forgot why I avoided places like this and people like you, and she just like digs into her and like, like basically calls she calls her spam and a filthy waste of yearbook space. Fucking Taylor Vaughn, man. Yeah, she was like a horrible person, but also it, 
it's funny. It's you know what's funny. We're doing all these guilty pleasures, and we're talking about she's all that. Like it's the second coming of Citizen Kane right now. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, not even the best team movie of the nineties. And we're like, yeah, but <laughs> what is the team? The best team movie of the nineties? I um I go back and forth. So it's hard because I I I like you know I love Can't Hardly Wait. Yeah, Can't Hardly Wait reminds me a lot of like like my high school experience and like like partying like that kind of like that in high school. Yeah. Uh, but I think Clueless is a little bit more clever, so I would give it to. Yeah, I actually would agree with you on that too. But I also like uh, a lot of my friends think like Ten Things I Hate About You is a good honorable mention too. They think it's a lot smarter than it, you know, probably has any right to be. <laughs> I would put, I would actually put American Pie as number two. So here's my thing about American Pie. American Pie, I loved when I first saw it, and I actually do like all of them. But I have like it, it doesn't have the same like impact as like some of the other movies I saw back then, like that were like geared towards you know teenagers. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why it didn't stick with me as much, but like I, I still like it. I think it's good. And then you have the the over the top serious cruel intentions, which I hate. That's not on my list somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere. Oh no! I hope it's not number one. Somewhere. <laughs> I'm not giving it away, but it's somewhere. That's funny. Somewhere high on the list. <laughs> oh Lord! Well, my number six is not a teen movie. My number six is a sports movie. We're getting into a little sports theme now, uh, for the next couple of picks. My number six is Space Jam. Why Space Jam? Because I love Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan is the reason that I play basketball to this day. And Michael Jordan is the reason that I walked into a theater and saw this terrible movie. Uh, you made money, oh, dude. Of course, anyone that liked Mike. I mean, I watched. I gave two shits, and I can say that as now I'm 30, and I was 10 at, or 9 or 10 at the time. I gave two shits about fucking Bugs Bunny in that movie. I went to see it because Michael Jordan was in that movie, and that's why I think it made money. The, the star that Michael Jordan was at that time was like, it's, it's indescribable. I mean, the movie is just terrible. I mean, there's nothing really, there's nothing great to say except Bill Murray's fantastic in it. I don't know if you have you seen Space Jam or it's been a while. Yeah, so Bill Murray's great in it. I mean, the tune, the tunes, the monsters are fun. But Michael Jordan, I'm glad he stuck to his day job and he made no other movie. Uh, you gotta mention the soundtrack. I was just gonna save that for last, man. Save the best. Save the best for last. I had the tape and I had the CD. So. What's your what's what's your song on that? I guess mine is the Monstars. It's my, the nah, Monstars. Yeah, so, you know, I, I believe. have, like, the CD somewhere. I still do as well. I have that CD somewhere. And, I mean, I, the soundtrack was really, really good for it. I was even so. Also did very well back in the day when we actually buying music. Yeah, I bought it at Nobody Beats the Wiz, if anyone remembers that story. I mean, I got it at Sam Goody. And that doesn't even exist anymore. I don't yeah, know. so I don't think any of these stories we mentioned about these 90s films ever exist. <laughs> it's like, what? What is what is I what is Sam Goody? What is that? That's funny. Um, yeah. Outside of that, I mean, it's not. It's just something I can still watch to this day because I just love Michael Jordan and I just have a good time with it. I saw it in theaters back at the Alamo Draft House about a year ago when I went to Dallas, and just seeing it in theater on the big screen is such a fun experience. And I mean, I love it to the point that I have the sneakers from the movie. So those this 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 yeah this yeah so. Uh, well, being a sneaker collector and then loving the movie the way I did, it was like I had to have those sneakers that he wore in the movie. So, 
But outside of that, it's not the best movie ever made. So that's why it's in my number six. You're now we like a great actor. So. No, no, not at all. The funny thing is that, like, I don't know if you knew this. I don't know how serious this is because I keep seeing articles, yes and no, about this, about Space Jam two being made and LeBron playing um the main character in that. LeBron's not a Le, LeBron's not a bad actor. He's fun. He was funny in Trainwreck. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a trade wreck. It was pretty funny in Trainwreck. Like, you know, he was like, you know, playing a version of himself, but it was like he was really good at delivering jokes. I think that's like the hardest, hardest thing to do in a comedy is like making jokes, like, like you know, nailing them and delivering them in the right way. And for someone that is, that's not his day job, I thought he did pretty good. He falls into like the John Cena line. Like, John Cena also, was really funny. Like, he's also good at dropping jokes too. Like, I love I loved his stuff in Trainwreck. I thought he was actually really funny in Sisters with uh, Tina Fey. Yes. Uh, even though he was actually funny for the stuff he wasn't saying, like him just standing there looking the way he was looking was cracking me up. Like, I know that, um, being a wrestling fan, I know that WWE had been wanting him to make WWE Studios films, and they were all serious roles. They wanted to make him this action star, but I think once, and that failed miserably, but once he did Trainwreck, you're like, oh my god, this guy's fucking hysterical. And now they just lost another person to Hollywood, it seems. I. He's, I, getting, he's definitely getting there. I mean, like, actually, he might, he might already be there. He's part, yeah, like, he's officially, like, a part-time wrestler now. He's not, you know. Yeah, others, like, big stuff coming out soon. Yeah, he has a few things. He's going to be in uh, Daddy's, I think his Daddy's Home, too. He's going to be a main part of it now. In, and I think he's doing, uh, he has a more, he has a war film coming out next week. I think The Wall, yeah. And then um, I think he's doing Sisters 2. He's going to be in that as well. Yeah, I mean, good for him. I mean, I miss him when wrestling, but, you know, it's got Sometimes you just got to get a real job, man. <laughs> hey, 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 that is a real job. <laughs> don't, knock, don't knock that shit, son. Um, what was I going to say? Like, I think it's funny because their main guy, like, their main, their top wrestler now, you know how, like, they have, like, the Hulk Hogan, the John Cena, the Stone Cold Steve Austin, stuff like that. Their main guy is families with The Rock. Oh, really? Good. I mean, and if you look at The Rock when he started out in wrestling, and this guy, his name's Roman Reigns, he, this guy where he is now, he's a much like better looking guy than The Rock was at that time, as opposed to that The Rock builds himself up to this monster now. Like, the guy has the looks for Hollywood, but he has, I think WWE is going to keep him away from any movie because they can't afford to lose another, like, yeah, guy to Hollywood. How does that industry feel when they lose? people like that because like at, at one point if they're doing both it's like good cross promotion for like hey they're in this movie and like they're on our show too and then eventually you become too big like rock so the thing i know he still dabbles and does stuff with wrestling but like he pretty much is a full-time actor now yeah like, I, I think the problem with wwe and like let they're why they're so protective of certain wrestlers now is because they don't know how to build stars the way they used to when the rock left you were building John Cena. You still had guys. I don't know if you I, I, you mentioned you don't really watch wrestling, but like, there's guys like John Cena that was cu- on the come up when he left. There were still guys like Triple H, The Undertaker, Austin was still around. Like all these, like you still were building stars back then. Now they really don't have these guys that could be like, I'm gonna go on Good Morning America tomorrow. I'm gonna be like the face of the company. Like, a lot of people don't like this Roman Reigns guys because, like, it's the guy that the company wants us to like. And, like, wrestling fans are fickle. Like, they want to be, like, anti, you know, anti-establishment and hate who the company wants you to like type thing. Right. So, they hate him. But at the same time, it's like, he's putting asses in seats. The company would, like, really lose steam if they, like, 
this the their number one merch seller goes away and he's their number one merch seller because people go there kids love him women love him but men go there to hate him so it kind of it works out like the and that's what john cena had too john cena people used to hate him but um then he used to go there like men used to hate him and women used to love him i have always i mean i've been a john cena fan for years but like that's why like it's a little bit difficult for them and they're probably like protecting themselves from losing another wrestler to hollywood they actually have wwe studios which i you're aware of wwe studios right so you know wwe studios has these movies but they only they own they seem to only put guys that they don't care if they become hollywood stars and they leave you know what i mean because they're not a focal point of their weekly television show so that's pretty much what I think. I think they're just being very, they liked it at first because it brings exposure, but now they're like, all right, we got to be careful because we don't have any stars to replace these people. So that's where I think they're at. But we we definitely got off topic there going into the wrestling topic. Yeah. Wrestling is like your buff. Yeah, no, yeah, it's my Buffy. <laughs> it's definitely my Buffy. Like, it's like one day, one day we should have like a, um, a podcast just on movies about wrestling. And get you get you to watch some things about. Yeah, I would, I would definitely be watching stuff I've never seen. Well, have you ever seen The Wrestler? I have seen that. Yes. So The Wrestler is the perfect, like, this the depiction of like a wrestler after he leaves the big time. Like I go to a lot of independent wrestling shows, and you see these guys that used to be stars that used to be wrestling in front of like eighty, ninety thousand people are now wrestling in front of like five hundred people. And they're charging like 10 bucks just for, you know, to make ends meet. You know what I mean? So, like, it does such a great job of depicting everything. I know Vince McMahon wasn't a fan of it at first because they didn't want, you know, it's kind of like making it seem like WWE doesn't take care of its own, you know, after they leave. So, but yeah, that, should, that would be fun. That's probably the only really good wrestling movie, just to let you know, though. Yeah, oh, it's extreme. Do we go from The Wrestler to Ready to Rumble? That's like, Ready to that, Rumble. yeah. I, I see Ready to Rumble. I haven't seen it in a while. Not so bad. But um, are we up to you on your number five? Yeah, we've hit our, we've hit our top five. I knew it. I was waiting for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, waiting for it. No, I, I mean, I, I really like I Know You Did It so, last no, summer. I actually so. like I Know You Did It. I know, like, uh, like, looking back at it now and, like, the way, like, kind of critics kind of ripped it apart back then because, like, it was Kevin Williamson's second movie or movie that he wrote. Well, he wrote it before Scream, but he couldn't sell it until Scream was like a huge hit. So uh, the initial comparison was like, and that's why Sony, like Columbia Pictures, like wanted to include that in the marketing, like from the guy who wrote Scream. Uh, so that was a big thing. But then they were like, okay, he wrote this really cool, like genre send up of like the horror genre and then write something that what Scream would probably make fun of. Yeah, and like you know, but the reason I like it though, it, like I know these lessons feels like a total throwback to like eighties like slasher movies. It did. Like, like it reminds me of like prom night and like stuff like that that came out in the early eighties, like Terror Train, like very much like you know, very minimal plot. <laughs> uh, you know, a, a bunch of attractive people and dangerous situations. That's all it is basically. And but it, it was fun, and I think it has one of the best like horror movie chasing. Like, uh, the one at the end, right? With the uh, with uh, the scene with like well, the one with Sarah Michelle Gellar when she kicks the window out of the cop car and then runs to her store and then she's almost about to get out the alley and then turns around for no reason because you know it's a movie. And, and the she, and, 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 what, 
<laughs> and they got the names of the late 90s, too. Yeah, they, just, uh, I mean, they <laughs> actually caught them before they were becoming super famous. So Jennifer Hewitt was, I guess, the most famous at the time, because she was on Party of Five. Uh, when, I know, when I Know You Do Last Summer came out, it came out at the start of Buffy's second season. So Sam Rachel Geller wasn't, like, a big name yet. And then Ryan Philippi had done, like, a soap opera and, uh, like, a few other smaller things, but wasn't a big name yet. And then Freddie Prince Jr. was just known for, you know, his dad was really big uh, comedian back in the day. Yeah. So he had the name recognition. Uh, but yeah, they they caught all of them at the right time. Yeah, because by the time it came out, I think they were all each one of them was starting to get catch steam yeah, too. And so. uh, I know you know that summer was number one, the number one movie in America for three weeks in a row. That's how big like the rebirth of like the horror genre was back in '97. Now I will ask you this, like, and we are coming up on that movie's point. I was, I, I actually don't own it. I really do want to see it again. It's been a while since I've seen it. I watch it every, like, that's like one of the movies I watch, like, every, like, the month of October. Yeah. To gear up for, like, Halloween. Like, that's one I watch. I even watched the second one, which is really bad. I was about to ask you, you, you know, I, my, my, uh, my comparison to that, did you notice that they seem to, like, you know how Scream 2 has Jada Pinkett in the beginning? Or Maka- who was the, who was her boyfriend? Uh, it's, uh, Omar. Omar Epps, and then yeah. the second one, they seems they went the Brandy route, right? Yeah, they threw in like two black people, uh, Brandy and Makai Pfeiffer. <laughs> so I have never seen part two. Is it just how is uh, it? Uh, I'm gonna like break it down. Like it's so bad. Like it's really like uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt is like the only I guess good thing about it. Are they still together? Like her and and her and Ray are still together, but they're going through some stuff because she oh. just can't get over. What happened? Like, oh no, it's one of those. And like, actually, Freddie Prince Jr. I think he was filming something else at the time, so he's not in it a lot. He's like in the first half, and then something happens to his character, and then like he comes back in the end. That's but terrible. He, he's missing for most of the movie. Uh, she ends up kind of flirting with this other new character in the movie. Uh, kind of. They all they all went a trip to the like. I can't give it away without giving away the plot. That's yeah. This. They all went a trip to the Bahamas, and. They won this trip basically to lure them there so, like, the, the guy, the fisherman, could go after them or get Julie. He really just wants Julie. Uh, but, yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, does it does have a really fun chase scene. Like, Brandy has, like, a really cool, like, chase scene movie, but her character sucks and she's not that good of an actress. No, so, she's not. But you do love the boy as mine. I, well, that's Jambi. Her <laughs> <laughs> and Monica. Oh my God! You're the man. Wait, You're oh, the man. I know you did that summer. I, 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 I think it deserves a little bit more credit than it gets. Like it's not trying to be scream. It's not trying to be like clever or anything like that. It's just a straight up like slasher movie. And I think it's I probably think, one of the better ones to come out after scream. You know what I was? I was actually going to say that I think it catches a bad rap too because it came after scream. You have a right. movie that like reju- rejuvenized the, the the genre. So we're thinking that we're going to get everything is going to be original and fun. This is just fun. There's no originality to it. It's a s- typical, like, guy, guy kills, you know, like you said, guy kills attractive person, move yeah, on, you like, know. It's a stalk and chase movie. That's all yeah, exactly. So, and, like, it, But it's a fun one. And, like, it's interesting because, like, he, Kevin Williamson has talked about how he tried to sell that movie. Because, like, I don't know if you read the book. It's a book by uh, uh, Lois Duncan, and it's completely different. Uh, the author of the book hates the movie because they turned the book into a, a slasher movie. Yeah. Uh, but he tried to sell it so, I guess, so much, and like no one was into it. He was trying to sell that, 
and Killing Mrs. Tingle. It was called Killing Mrs. Tingle at the time. I've seen I've seen Kill, Killing Mrs. Tingle. Tingle, which his original script for that is also better than the movie we got. They toned it down a lot because of the Columbine stuff and like you know real life situations. They didn't think it was good to have a movie where students plot to kill their teacher. Yeah. Uh. So, but he really tried hard, and then like he said, as soon as like I guess after three weeks of screen being out, when they were seeing like numbers go up instead of going down. Like everyone wanted, I know you do that summer. They and like Sony, uh, Columbia Pictures made the best offer, and he was like, "All right, here." And they knew it right away. They were just going to market it as like, you know, this is the guy who will scream, and that was like pretty much all they did to get people to go see it. And I mean, like the fact that it was like the second one to kind of come out after Scream, I think that kind of helped. I don't know if it would have done as well if it was like fourth or fifth in line. Like it probably would have done like urban legends numbers if it was like on that like down the list. And you have and then um I think the thing too is that I know we did last summer came out the same year as Scream Two. Yeah, it came out uh the big deal about I know you did last summer too was there was the teaser trailer for Scream Two was attached to it. Yeah, so that's so a, I think that had a lot to do with like the movie. I think people were just like kind of wetting their appetite. Like they wanted another scream, they want something else like that. And I I know you did last summer was like the perfect little like kind of like appetizer. Before you got Scream Two, I mean, it leaves some form of legacy. It's twenty years, and we're still talking about it a little bit. So, I, I'm, I'm thinking about writing about it that anniversary. It's like, can I really go in depth about be like that? But I, I you can give it a shot. I mean, my cool. my number five, no one ever talks about, and it's okay. My number five is uh, Little Giants. I haven't seen that in so long. It's I used to love it. I mean, it's fun. I mean. You have the greatest play in the history of football, the annexation of Puerto Rico. And I think it's so fun. Like, you have these kids that just suck. It reminds me of another movie that's on my list, but I enjoyed it a little bit more. This team that of just scrubs that suck, and they just have to come together for one game to, like, have the name of the town, I mean, the team be theirs. And, like, this feud with the brothers, and then, like, I don't know. It's just, I've always had a soft spot for it. So it's fun. It's not, you know. Not, I don't think it's uh. There's much to it except like it's a, a sports movie, and it's just these kids that suck. And you know, everyone has that moment where you know they're left out of being on a team. And I think that's a good movie to just like as a pick me up. I'm like, damn, maybe I don't suck. Maybe I can make this happen. You know? Is it considered like a? I don't want to say classic, but like I mean, a lot of people talk about it. Like, I know people. I know people that talk about it like it. Uh, but I guess it's not on the same level of like. Like Sandlot or something like that. No, no, no. I, I mean, actually I'm not, I'm not talking about quality. I'm just talking about as like people like there. There are people that have movies they grew up with that they love as a kid and they kind of carry with them. And I was like, wonder if that was like that kind of movie. For well, of this is the conversation that I'm having with you right now about Little Giants. Might be the first time I've talked about it in years with someone. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So yeah, around here it's not something like you know. Oh my God! Remember Little That's Giants? Not really Sandlot level. No, no. I think Sandlot's at another level. I think. Um. Oh yeah, I love the Sandlot. It's in you know sports movies and. Kids would go out and like play. I, I think I could show that to my little brother now, and I was like, "That's what kids do." They did. So like, I did just Instagram play video games. I think the Sandlot shows like why obesity wasn't a problem back in the '60s and '50s. <laughs> exactly. So, what? Moving on to your numero cuatro. What is your number four? Uh, I got a. Uh... Nev Campbell, Denise Richards classic. No, uh, you're doing it. She Wild did it. Thing. You did yep. it. Yep, yep. I still love Wild Things. I think it's <laughs> ridiculous, but I love it. And like 
my friend actually was like, what if that movie is actually more clever than we think it is? Like, my friend used that movie as, like, a satire of, like, kind of, like, those, like, cheesy kind of, like, not soap operas, but, like, almost, like, trashy, like, it, it reads, like, almost like a trashy, like, romance novel a little bit. Like, it's just very, like, over the top, and, like, like there's all these, like, plot twists for no apparent reason, and everyone's just kind of backstabbing each other. And he was like, if you look at it that way, if it's making fun of it, then it's a better movie. I don't think they were making fun of it. I think they were just making a straight, like, there is no shot they weren't making fun of it. They were really yeah. trying to be serious. But I love every minute of it. And, like, outside of Scream, it's probably, like, my favorite. They have Campbell. Yeah. Oh, that's breaking news. I mean, outside news. of, like, the Scream films. Like, like, all four of them and then one. <laughs> so, I expect not to see the craft on your list, then? Oh, fuck. I forgot about the craft. Okay, well, it won't be the craft <laughs> on my list, but I, I do love the craft, that's uh, I've actually never seen the craft. I just know a lot of people love it. <laughs> and like I don't know. Then it also have Denise Richards like in her prime. Is like, that so? That's what led Denise Richards to become Christmas Jones, right? Yes. So like she, uh, Denise Richards, like I think the same year she did, uh, or maybe not the same year. They were back to back though. She did Starship Troopers, then she did Wild Things. And then after that is when she did Double Seven, right? Seven, yeah, yeah, like she was actually a big enough name at the time. You know, more, mostly because of how she looked. I did like the song "In the World Is Not Enough," but that's about it. She was not very good. She's probably that's probably like the biggest case of like, like top ten like miscast. Yeah, man. <laughs> it cut. You know what she reminds me of, and I know I'll probably get heat for this. She reminds me of um, oh my god, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard in uh, Jurassic World. You don't like Bryce Dallas Howard? Like she was perfectly fine. And no, she- man. She doesn't. She's a doctor. She like Denise Richards is a doctor and doesn't know anything. And this girl runs the park and she doesn't know anything about uh, dinosaurs. She was clearly stressed though because she was like, "Dad's like knocked off his kids." No, man. <laughs> I could be stressed about work and I still know what to do if I'm in my job. That's and like saying, and then work just implodes. Like I don't know if I would, even if I knew everything. I don't know dude, if I would know what that, to do if like that, the dinosaurs started running amok. Dude, that's like that's like saying you know you run your business the way you do and the kitchen explodes. You're still gonna know your menu. Uh, that's totally different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so, saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm gonna defend her. Like I'm probably gonna be defending her until we get the sequel too. I'm like, and and there are there are eliminating certain things in the sequel that annoy people. Like she won't be running around in like hills. I guess. I guess everyone was all up in arms about that. Like it was like Bryce Dallas Howard's choice to like wear heels during her chase scene. <laughs> I know a lot of people that were upset. They're like, no, that would not happen in real life. She would not. She yeah, would... but also dinosaurs wouldn't be running around either in real life. <laughs> yeah, man. But like a woman really does, a woman can attempt to run in heels, but that's not going to, that's not going to happen for a long distance. I could see some torn like ACLs or like a torn Achilles or something like that from running in heels for like that long. Right, we're getting like. <laughs> I know now we're getting into like fashion. All right, let's let's move on. But yeah, well, wild things. I also uh, that was like one of those movies that you weren't supposed to really see when you were younger because it was like it was like oh so much sex and stuff like that. So like yeah. we actually like had to go see to go see it. Like we paid for another movie and then snuck into wild things. Those are always the fun times. Now we have to pick our seats like, and, and stuff. So tame by today's standards though. Like I remember like it was a big deal that there was a threesome scene in it and like it was like it's like was a big deal in like ninety eight ninety nine whenever it came out and. It's so tame by what we see. Like, even what you might see on, like, certain shows. (laughs) My number four is not tamed. My number four is as open as it gets. My number four is the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Oh, it's so bad. Yes, it is. It is so bad. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, a movie, has 
probably the worst. I right next to Mortal Kombat Annihilation, the worst CGI of the nineties. <laughs> You've actually compared these two movies before. I always forget about Mortal Kombat Annihilation because I only <laughs> fondly remember the first one because I it's it may not be great, but like at the time when like you know it's all we had. Kind of struggling to get a decent video game movie. Yeah, it's all we had. <laughs> and then get one that's like half decent. Like, yeah. I, like all right, I and love a, Mortal Kombat. And a great song. And then I forget about really awful stuff that came after. So I mean, when you're a fan of the show like I was, seeing something like this, I'm like, oh my god, they're making a Power Rangers movie. And at the time, I really, you know, I didn't think anything. I was like, oh my god, it's a Power Rangers movie. I enjoyed it, so on and so forth. But like, I watched it. Like when the new one came out, it was just you know getting you know, getting a rehash of everything and then I'm sitting there watching it and I'm like, fuck, this is really bad. Like, they're, I understand, like, the new Power Rangers had, they weren't in costume until the end, but it was developing their characters. This one, they're not in costume, but they're just walking the jungle. Like, ran, randomly walking the jungle. And that random lady, the, 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 the Amazon lady, that just comes out of nowhere and she happens oh, to yeah, I do remember that. yeah and she happens to know everything that's going on why zoran is dying and all that stuff like no one's informed her she just has i guess the power of the force or something because she my just my main ha- complaint about that movie is that i wish the movie, like we would have got a movie sooner that would have had the original the original cast yeah the original cast i'm not I'm, i don't have anything against aisha and what the other <laughs> forget the other two <laughs> I think it's I think it's Rocky, Adam, and Aisha were the Aisha. new ones. Yeah, which they were fine. I, I did watch the show when they got introduced, and I didn't think it was they were horrible. Like it was fine, but I kind of wish that like when they they would have made the movie sooner, so we would have had like Trini and Zach. And it's crazy because the movie came out in '95, so it was only two years after the show. So yeah, it's not like... all those original actors said that they cranked out a bunch of episodes when they started shooting like the original show. Yeah. Like, more episodes than you would normally see on, like, a show like that. Well, the first season had, like, 67 episodes. So, yeah. So, they, that kind of says everything. Really they didn't get paid all that great either. They said they wish they would sign different deals back <laughs> I think now, since TV is, like, the, on the forefront of, like, making good money, I think they're, like, no they, one they, makes they those mistakes anymore. They merchandising and syndication and all that stuff. So like, damn it. <laughs> they don't even think the show's in the syndication anymore, is it? I never no, see it on TV no, anymore. So... I mean, it's still going on, but just newer episodes. But yeah, number four is that, and we have Ivan Ooze, and just terrible Ivan Ooze. It's just one of the worst possible villains they could possibly have used. I also think it's stupid that they just didn't use, like, Rita, or even Lord Zed. I mean, I know they were there, but, like, why did just, like, make them the main villains? Like, they were... They were there the way Tommy and I mean uh Jason David Frank and Amy and Amy Jo Johnson were in the new Power Rangers. That's how they were there. They didn't yeah. do anything. And also, like about the new Power Rangers, I'm kinda bummed it didn't do that great here. Like I'm kinda concerned that we might not get sequels. I don't know how it's doing overseas, I haven't looked. But it like dropped like a ton of bricks like each weekend after that really decent opening weekend. I think I've noticed that a lot outside of like maybe Beauty and the Beast, a lot of stuff has done really poorly in staying consistent yeah like when i saw i think it dropped like 60 percent in week two i'm like damn i don't know if we're gonna even make a hundred million dollars then it dropped like half of that again in week three i was like it's not even gonna make a hundred million dollars i mean i mean this made a billion dollars worldwide so it's a success i'm talking about uh um fast fate of the furious but it's after three weeks ago it was at a hundred something million and we're now at nine right you know it's it's crazy because that movie it's made like i think up to today it made like 207 million dollars here and it's, it's, ma- not, it's, it's not gonna make its budget back here, but like, of course, Universal knows that 
This is a worldwide movie. Yeah, so it's and they've already made their money. Now it's I, just they've made their money on like budget plus probably marketing. Like they like everything they're making now is. Awesome. I and think they, they made that. I think they made that from the last one. Yeah, I mean, like, so they're like, you know, some people are like, oh, it's not doing as good here as like the last one. Uh, just like I don't know. They're just wishing that we did better. Yeah. Because they had like I know there was like a five plan i mean as long as we get one sequel i think i'll be happy but i was just surprised i mean but then i like realized outside of people like you and i wrote the show that like oh like thought it was surprisingly good i know people that like just saw it on a whim and they didn't really like it yeah so maybe it, it, it just appealed to like the fans who are familiar with it yeah that i'm that could be it too it's kind of like the entourage effect like entourage is like for us not for like the casual person that just like let's pick something to watch today Right, but moving on, we hit a top three, and I wonder what your number one is because I think I have a feeling of what it is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> What's your number three? Uh, I got Spring Break. Oh Jesus! Uh, yeah, you know what? <laughs> I know people that love it. There's a small little faction of us that love it, and I have friends that absolutely hate it. But the movie is so like. Bizarre and over the top of weird, but I I don't know. I just like it. There's something about it. I, like. I don't know. No, that's fine. I can't, I can't quite put my finger on it because I know it's like it's like really it's a ridiculous movie, <laughs> like really ridiculous. Yeah, man. Uh, but it kind of like just the way it's shot and the way it's presented, it kind of puts you in that headspace, like their headspace a little bit. Yeah. Like a little, you're a little disoriented. Like you don't quite know what's going on, but it's still interesting. Well, I don't know. I I like. It. Well. And I thought the girls were great. Same thing, James Franco. Sometimes he's weird and sometimes he's great. And I thought he was just weirdly great. <laughs> and uh, like I, like I always say, to each his own, man. To each his and own. And that movie's actually <laughs> moved up on my top ten because it's a lot. Like it used to. Like if I were to do this like a year ago, it'd be like taken down. But every time yeah. I watch it, it's like, oh yeah, that's it. yeah. I think I I saw it once, and that's about it. So I can't even say. I, there's not much I can say on that one. My number, my number three. I guess we can say a little bit about it's the mighty ducks oh yeah you do love that movie the mighty ducks makes no sense in any any stretch um this guy's a lawyer that does community service and he becomes a coach of the ducks and he decides to quit being a lawyer to become a, a coach and lose his entire probably six-figure salary sure why not you know um but i do like the kids in the movie the kids are endearing you have uh the uh what the 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 kid from the Adventures of Pete and Pete uh, in it? Uh, oh, yeah, I always forget his name. Uh, <laughs> Dan, I think it's Danny Temporelli or something like that. Uh, also got Pacey. <laughs> He's the best character in the movie. Uh, yeah, you actually, uh, you actually told me, uh, I think it was last week because I always bring up Dawson's Creek and you said if I would find a way to bring it up. Yeah, again. Charlie Conway, man. I I just did another way to. Bring there it you up. go. Um, <laughs> and then you have um. I just, I just really loved all these characters. Uh, Goldberg, the goalie. Like, Adam Banks is like this superstar kid that just happens to fall on a team. And it's like, it's just over the top. The fun, the funniest thing, I was actually watching it to get ready for this list. They didn't win one game and made the playoffs. But really? I, whoa, yeah, you're right. They, they tied a game and then they made the playoffs after, um, some, uh, I think it was um, two teams had the measles, and then they happened to make the playoffs. The true underdog. 
exactly. It's like Hoosiers, but for hockey, and not and, and on the real. <laughs> I mean, and not as good. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I'm a I'm here from I'm from Jersey. I'm a New New Jersey Devils fan or whatever. But when the Mighty Duck when the Ducks won, they uh. The, the Stanley Cup back in like 05. I'm like, oh shit, Charlie Conway won the Stanley Cup, man. And it's funny because they separated themselves from Disney. Disney sold the team. And the moment Disney sold the team, they changed their logo from the logo from the movie, too. So, and I would say this is probably my favorite Emilio Estevez film. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. He was in the Breakfast Club. Oh, I forgot about the bre- Breakfast Club. Okay, uh, never mind. After the Breakfast Club. Saint almost fire. There's so many better movies than my No, I've actually, I've actually never seen Saint. What is it? He's like, he's like, what is that? What is that? I've heard about it from a, a certain person. It's, a, it's that... a total like rat pack movie. It was like part of like you know the the, the guys that were in like all yeah the yeah yeah. I forgot about the I forget I I apologize because I forgot about the Breakfast Club. I do like uh, the Breakfast uh, Club. I think of dude. I think I'd rather watch Men at Work. <laughs> no, I see Men at Work. No, I did not like Men at Work. No, 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 no. Um, apparently, like the soundtrack to that Saint. Saint Elmo's Fire was really good. Yeah, the main theme song is pretty popular. So, I mean, I've never seen it, but that's, that's, I, I hear that I should see it. So, you got something to watch. I don't think you'll like it. (laughs) I think you might think it's kind of, it's very much of its time. It's pretty dated. And it's, there's like a lot of drama. Oh, one of, it's one of those? It's one of those, but it's good. I mean, like, you get to see some of those people, like, in their head. Like, there's like early Demi Moore, isn't it, too? Like, I yeah. I was at um it's funny because I was at a at when I was at Tribeca uh, two weeks ago I was waiting online for a movie and it was like a group I group of girls in front of a uh, front of us and they were saying like how they hated the Breakfast Club how they hated Pretty in Pink how they hated uh Sixteen Candles and all these movies and I'm like standing standing and I'm like dude like you have no like sense of humor you have no t- sense I of enjoyment I- what happened. <laughs> So I think I might hate them. <laughs> like, like, all right, you may not like it, but to hate these movies, no, no, like, no, no. Hate the breakfast. I actually think it's quite a depressing movie in the long run. No, but uh, it is. But these kind of like the, uh, the idea of these like misfit kind of people that would normally not talk or get along, like by the end of it, they learn something from each other. Like, See, they <laughs> learn something from each other, but I always feel, and I've always had the sense of like they never talk to each other again. I don't think they uh, become. You, really, you don't think so? No, I think I don't think they become friends. I think it's one of those like I'll see you in the hallway and I'll nod at you, but it's not like they're having Christmas dinner with each other or hanging out after going to the movies or you know whatever. I think it's one of those like yeah we you know I had no one else to talk to so let's bond, but I don't think they became friends or anything like that. Um, also, want to like kind of point out too, uh, I think even compared to like the teen movies that came out in the nineties, I actually think the acting in the Breakfast Club is really. Good. I am with you on that. I'm. I. Really- Totally agree with you on like, that. Like even someone like Molly Ringwald, who probably was more known for just being like you know, like she like she's pretty and like a kind of like an icon. Then now like, she's she's good in her like some of her emotional scenes toward the end too. Like they all kind of have their moment. Like even Ali Sheedy, even though she's like quiet through like most of it, like she even gets like her own moment. And like you know, it's like it's it's surprisingly strong. Every time I watch that movie, I'm always like, wow, these were like, I mean, I know they were all younger back then, but they were like they were kind of honing in on something and like. Or maybe just like John Hughes is like was able to pull that kind of stuff out of them. And now uh, Molly Ringwald, known as Archie's mom. Mom, yeah. Well, we'll come back. <laughs> Shout out to Riverdale. Uh, see the finale. Is- I'm quite I'm quite sad about that. I had I had <laughs> I had no idea when that show started. I would love it as much as I did. Uh, like I am pretty bummed. 
like and then the CW like we find out I think week after next like where it's gonna be on the schedule next season and like I'm really hoping that they do a fall launch and don't make us wait until to like, January spring. yeah I, I would <laughs> I would I would agree with you I'm like, like damn strike while the iron is hot and if you make people wait they might forget about it <laughs> oh it's true I mean it's that's what kind of didn't they do that with Empire they waited longer than they should have right yeah they did so way longer than they should have and then made it more episodes yeah but we're we're down to our top two now. You kind of will like kill the suspense if if your number two is not what I think it is. So let's Always. let's let's hear what your number two. I'm gonna get. It's pretty bad, but uh, I uh, I got Coyote at number two. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Oh my God, <laughs> dude! You're the man, man. You are I the know, man. <laughs> I, it's so like it's not good when I I, enjoy watching. <laughs> I I gotta say I I love doing these um these doing li- these lists with you because I just like like I always say we don't know what our lists are we just like you know we troop it out and we like our reactions are off- as authentic as it gets. I actually do like Coyote Ugly, but damn, you're I know, number. <laughs> I know I like I just like I even like like this is how. Uh, you know the main song? Yes, the one that she dances on the can't stop them. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I actually have that on our playlist at the restaurant. And that and like just cause and then everyone there that like everyone that like works there that hears it, they're like, they're like I love this song. And then they kind of remember it from the movie and like you know it's like a I you know I wish that we had like I would love a really really good movie that takes place in the bar. And I don't really think I think there's potential to make a really fun movie like that. And even that movie drop the ball a little bit there because like the best scenes are the scenes that take place in the bar i could care less about wanting to be a songwriter or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> i i don't really care about that uh but the scenes in the bar are so much fun like i actually thought when i first saw that movie that all bars were like that and then you realized the bar i went to when i was 21 was like they're gonna like set the bar table or bar top on fire and girls would dance through it i think you're making me want to go see coyote i haven't seen it in forever got, and like in like the like Piper, like I, I, think, I like uh, Piper Perbo. Per- That's how he's. Yeah. So like you know we spent a long time trying to make her a thing, and they tried back then to make her a thing. I know she had like a TV show, Hover Fails, that was on for like five seasons, but I felt like back then they really like critics back then were trying to call her the next Julia Roberts. Like that they wanted her to be like a thing. Yeah, they really tried with her. And they like, and she couldn't quite become a thing. <laughs> Isn't John yeah, Goodman like, in that movie too? What? Isn't John Goodman in that movie too? He's her dad. Oh my god, that's great. And they jokingly make him get on the bar and dance <laughs> at the end. I love John and Goodman. And Banks is in it for no reason. Well, I'm going to say your number two is definitely better than my number two in terms of like, you won't be shocked with my number two. And it's not as fun as yours on this one. But my number two is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original from Oh 19... yeah, we argue about this already. Yeah, I'm glad. We can we can take th- we can take this argument that we've done offline and bring it to bring it to the table now. Like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is not a good movie, man. <laughs> it's 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 I enjoy it thoroughly. I, I will say for a movie that needs to be made about fighting Ninja Turtles, it's a lot better than it has any right to be. And it's like it it's shot and like it's like it's a pretty movie surprisingly. <laughs> I mean, it's much darker than what we got like. A few years ago. I've, I've said this to you before. I think you should feel guilty if you are feel guilty about any of them. You should feel guilty about the second one. The second one is more of a guilty pleasure. I, I don't know, man. You got vanilla ice in the second you one. Got vanilla ice. Go ninja, go ninja, go, man. Yeah. 
I mean, I you have murder that's con- that's the conducted at the end of the movie with Casey Jones, and like he gets away with it. No one ever brings it up again. I'm and then, <laughs> dude, but Shredder just comes back with no scratches, basically in the second one. Yeah, we we were supposed to ignore that he was crushed. <laughs> and, and then, um, I don't like the the scene where the like. I mean, the scene is fine for what it is because it's kind of a sad moment when April's apartment goes up in flames and shit. Oh, that's so bad. No, I like I like the fact of like her reaction and like they fight, but like they gave them way too much time to escape from that building. No, they did. Uh, and, that whole that whole sequence is so like when all the foot soldiers like gang up on Raphael and they throw him the thing into her apartment. Oh, that whole that whole I love it. I gotta watch that scene. I I'm, I actually <laughs> I watch it this week. <laughs> Um, who's your favorite turtle before we move on to number one? I uh, hope. I go Raphael. Yeah, Raphael's my guy. I they actually they gave him like more plot development than they did uh, character development. They did anyone else. You know what's funny? And it turned because of this movie, the argument goes into who the leader of the Ninja Turtles are. Because I, when I was a kid, I was like obsessed with the Ninja Turtles. Um, and there's a this debate that goes on nowadays that like because of the song T U R T L E Power at the end of the movie. Yeah. That they specifically say Raphael is the leader of the group, but everyone tells me Leonardo's the leader of the group, and I'm like, ah, Raphael has the temper. He's the one that that could like kick ass better than all of them. Yeah, but he doesn't like think things through. Very important. So, so he can't. I guess <laughs> Leonardo like thinks things out, and he like he's the goody two shoes of the group. Yeah, uh, it can't be Michelangelo. I can see I can see you as the Michelangelo of the group. Like you're like the fun, happy go lucky one. one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you love pizza, but uh, I do love pizza. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't want to lead. I like want to, you know, contribute. <laughs> I really want to lead. <laughs> so, tell us about your number one movie, Cruel Intentions. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Cruel Intentions. That's teased earlier. I said it would be high on the list. Yeah, it's number one on the Dude. list. Dude, all right. So, I, before I know you're gonna say why you like it, I got, I got, I gotta give you my issues. All right. So, why does I hate that this guy dies? But he has to. Why does he have to die? I don't understand. Can you explain to me why he has to die? So it's a way the ending is a lot more poetic if he's dead. I guess. Like he leaves this thing behind, like for her. Like, well, he actually gave it to her before he even dies. Like, he leaves this journal behind, like the details, like all the stuff that he's done, details all the things that like Catherine's done, like all these rotten things, and then like it's just more powerful if like he's not around, but like. But he's around. Like, but yeah, but he is able to do a net hit. Uh, you know, they Catherine gets her come up because of stuff that he wrote. Is this is this like added Sarah Michelle Gellar love because she's like the badass oh, bitch? Yeah, in oh this? yeah, so yeah, so this came out like season three of Buffy, like <laughs> the height height of Sarah Michelle Gellar like love, and it was just like never got to see her play anyone bad before, and like I think at the time my friends said like. She went from playing Buffy Blonde to like bitch brunette. I agree with that. Did you um? I don't remember. I don't remember this. If this because I mean I haven't seen this in years, so I don't really remember the trailer. Did the trailer perceive her as a bitch already, or did you? No. Yeah, you knew early. Yeah, oh, okay. The trailer actually. Uh, I guess the original intention for the movie was to be a lot more serious and a lot darker. Oh, it didn't uh, do that. The trailer actually conveys that a little bit more than the final movie. Uh, I think it was decided at the last minute that they would like kind of play up the kind of dark comedy a little bit. Um, but I guess the original idea was it to be a purely dark kind of like teen movie. And like, yeah. the people that produced it, like the guy who produced it, like Dale uh, H. Moritz, he 
produced like the Fast and the Furious movies and worked at like Columbia Pictures and stuff. Like he was like behind a lot of those teen movies back then and he knew what sold and like it was already a hard sell at being an R-rated teen movie and especially not an R-rated like teen comedy. So like they try to like bump up the humor a little bit and make it less dark. And then um, to me, Cruel Intentions comes off as a 90 minute season finale of Gossip Girl. Good point. Yeah. And this is another one that has like a sensational cast though. Yeah. Also, I mean, I just grabbed them. Like, well, they were already popular by the time they got them. I mean, I the fact that like I look at Reese Witherspoon now and like I'm still surprised that she did a movie like that because even when she was younger, she was getting pretty decent roles. Like, I think Election came out before uh, Full Intentions. And you had and you had an Academy Award winner, Louise Fletcher's in that too. Yeah, yeah, and like Chris Bransky, like like a Tony Award winner, like nominated for Emmys. And Charlie Conway's in there. Yeah, yeah, Joshua Jackson is blonde. He's blonde, Joshua Jackson. So. Uh yeah, but the whole yeah. I think the other one that the other one that came to. I think the other one that came to mind. I think Selma Blair's in that too, right? Yeah, yeah, that was back when she was she was twenty eight when she did that. Wild. And I think she was playing a sophomore. And now. She was playing very young because she had just gotten transferred. And now she's pretty much 50. Yeah, but and then I'm also excited, too, like, when, like, the cast, like, gets together now. Like, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, We Threw the Spoon, and Selma Blair, they have, like, a cool intentions musical that plays in L.A. And they all went to the musical together and took pictures with the cast and stuff. Like, so, like, and, like, We Threw the Spoon talks highly of the movie, too. She thinks it's great. Sarah Michelle Gellar still talks highly about it. I'm glad, like, people don't, like, Shit on the stuff that they did a long time ago. They no, that's good. that's good. They easily could now. Um, yeah, especially especially Reese Witherspoon. Like she has an Oscar. <laughs> like she could easily be like, yeah. Like, but she talks about those movies. Like she talks highly about Legally Blonde. Like you know, she doesn't really like kind of like scoff at like the stuff she did before she was. And I really like uh, the song from that movie. Oh, uh, Bittersweet Symphony. Yeah, I love Bittersweet Symphony. Bittersweet I can, I, Symphony. I, can, I only think of that movie when I hear that. Song. Yeah, actually, I would say the same thing. Not, also, uh, Fatboy Slim Crazy was in that too. Oh, is it? I don't remember. I, I didn't remember that. Soundtrack. That's how much I like the attention <laughs> And the sequel, right? Ah, uh, the sequel's horrible. But Amy Adams is in it. Is she? So, uh, the sequel was actually supposed to be a show on Fox called Manchester Prep. And that was, like, going to be, uh, like, they were trying to pitch it as a TV show. And then Fox dropped it. But then they were like, well, we can still make something out of it. So they tweaked it. Made it a straight to video sequel instead. Oh, interesting. Terrible. Yeah. I think we have, there's actually three cool intentions. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. And then they try to do another, like, I'm kind of bummed because my Instagram page was going to grab that show if they did it. They were, NBC was going to do a cool intentions TV show and they shot a pilot with Sarah Michelle Geller. Uh, the pilot tested really, really high. They said they were one of their highest testing pilots, but NBC just couldn't figure out where to where put it. it would fit on their schedule because it was so different from their other shows. That's the shame. And they said they said it was the hardest one to let go. And like I guess he's still trying to shop around like because there's certain other people like Netflix and Hulu that are interested in possibly doing it. Yeah. Um but yeah he said that was a tough one because they like the guy was like it was a really, really good pilot. We just didn't have a spot. Well I think my number one is my number one is one of the worst movies ever made, and uh, I can't even shit on yours knowing my number one is Batman and Robin. 
No, you can't. <laughs> so my number one is one of the worst movies ever made. My number one killed a franchise for eight years. My number one killed Damn, a. Dare to even like look at Batman Begins. My number one <laughs> killed a genre for until probably Blade. So yeah, my number one is Batman and Robin. It's as camp as campy as camp gets. It's a ninth a nineties uh, version of the nineteen sixty six Batman TV show. Um, but I love it for what it is. It's one of these movies that when I watch Batman, I can watch it and just I watch it to me. And like I, I mentally put this movie as a comedy. I watch this movie as a comedy. I know it's like I watch it for. Yeah, I watch it for the puns. We did a commentary a few months back, and it's you know I can you can sense it in that that I enjoyed it for what it is. It's stupid. The back credit card. I don't you know George Clooney's bobbing head. And there's nothing you know. Alicia. Uh, remember we discussed that he bobbed his head and almost. <laughs> and uh, Alicia, Alicia Silverstone is um not British, and it's just like all it's it's a clusterfuck. But you know I enjoyed it. it's my you know when discussing guilty pleasure that's what came to that's what easily was my number one, and I think we both have a number one we both passionately love I think. I would say that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I will not, no, dude. Your number one is like leaps and bounds better movie than than Batman or Robin. I'm surprised you don't like Cruel Intentions. As yeah, I feel like you would like like it. I mean, you uh, like she all that. <laughs> I guess you're right. I um, I did. I don't know. I just, I guess, I just didn't like the ending. But I also is that he dies at the end. Yeah, I haven't seen it in years either. So. <laughs> That's that's another thing. It's one of like some movies that aren't accessible. Like, so is this movie even out on Blu-ray? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, okay. Cause uh, <laughs> like, there's some movies that like a lot of these guilty pleasures, like um, the Mighty Ducks, Little Giants, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, they're not available on Blu-ray. True. So it's also interesting too. Like when you make movies like Cruel Intentions or She's All That, like they kind of like in their time, like did really well when they came out. I just wonder, like, when those people read those movies, that like they know they would know that like twenty years later or like fifteen years later or whatever that there is still like a rabbit fan base for like those movies that they like worked three months on back in like ninety eight. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. Like, I mean, with like, some, I wonder if they like know it's gonna happen or they're like really surprised by like the result. Like, oh wow, people still talk about it. Yeah, with these movies, I don't think they had any idea that it was gonna be phenomenon or cult phenomenon that it's that it's dying in the last twenty years. So I mean Spam and Ramen has like screening still. <laughs> so I can only imagine like Cruel Intentions has like on top of a Broadway thing there the the show the music was yeah, it a musical? musical yeah. yeah I'm sure it has screenings too so over there. Not around uh, fun fact the people that did the Cruel Intentions live musical in LA they also do one for the OC. Or the OC musical in a way. So you got like you're two for two. Two for two, yeah. And of course, whenever I like, I've actually seen. Uh, of course, when I go, no original cast members are there. But when other people I know go, they're like, "Oh, Rachel Bilson was at our OC musical viewing." I was like, "What? Really? We no, ca- one, no one cool was there when I went." It's funny. We we kind of get that around here now with movies, but with TV shows, we have musicals based on uh, Full House and Saved by the Bell around here. Oh, and, we, and we and we just and we just had one of uh nine hundred two and zero. Uh, musical. Yeah, I mean the the Say by the Bell one is and the Full House one were really good. So I think uh oh my, there was a uh, an actor. I mean uh that was in uh 
the full house one. I can't remember his name. He played Danny Tanner. Uh, Perez Hilton was Danny Tanner. Perez Hilton. Yeah. It was it was it was interesting. And then um we had a fifty shades of musical here in in New York. Oh, it was funny, the Christian Grey with a fat guy. Oh really? Yeah, it was hysterical. Shout out to our our fluffy people out there. Yeah. Um but for this week coming up, what do you have lined up? You have anything lined up this week? Uh well the Guardians. And we also will be catching a trailer to uh, Blade Runner, which I can't wait. Oh, yeah, Blade Runner, yeah. I gotta be... Can't, cannot wait for that. <laughs> this, uh, this week uh, releasing is The Wall, like we mentioned before, Snatched, and King Arthur. Arthur. Uh, I'm on the fence about King Arthur. I have a friend that really wants to see it, and like really, like I had no interest in seeing it, and I guess I'll see it now. Uh, but I, I don't know how I feel about it yet. <laughs> Near do I. I'm not, like, I'm not overly, like, I don't think it, it could go either way, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i whatever with Charlie Hunnam. You know, he was, I like him on Sons, but, you know, I can't really see him as anyone as Jax Teller, so. I mean, like, it looks like it could be, like, decent or, like, cheesy bad. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, in two weeks, we have uh, Alien Covenant releasing. So next Sunday, we're going to be talking about our top 10 science fiction films, so that should be a good time. Uh, maybe I should try to watch uh, that freaking Stanley Kubrick movie. Why, why am I blanking on the title right now? 2001 <laughs> A Space Odyssey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one I've been telling you to watch and like the, all the time I've known you? Yeah, I just couldn't remember the name of That's how, I guess, important it is on my list. It should be important because that, if that's not on your list, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to take a walk so to I'm California. Gonna to, I'm going to have to watch it. Yeah, so... Hope that, I I have friends that have told me that it's just like, like it was just real boring, bro. <laughs> We're gonna have to discuss it. We're gonna have to discuss this off the line. I t- I think. I'm just saying what they say. <laughs> it's great. It's one of Kubrick's best. Uh, and then I guess uh, uh, doing throwback reviews in that time too. Yeah, we're we're gonna cover we're gonna cover the Alien franchise in the next uh, two weeks as well. We're gonna cover uh, have reviews of the the first four, so that should be a good time. I mean, do we do we do we that'll be your that'll be your bone i guess i'll be uh, i guess that'll be your bone (laughs) awesome so for for this week's real chronicles i am david thanks for joining us kids see you at the movies thanks for listening you can find our show notes and more at realtalking.com follow us on facebook and instagram at real chronicles love what you hear leave us a review and tell your friends If you have a topic you want us to cover, shoot us an email at realtalkinc at gmail.com. Until next Monday, keep it real.